0: Yesterday, our community experienced another terrible tragedy, uh, and just an an unthinkable sadness that happened yesterday in Boulder, Colorado. And we know that that's part of our community. And it's something that we need to we need to talk about. And and we need to let you guys know that, you know, this is something that uh, impacts a lot of people. And of course, it's a it's terrible that 10 people lost their life yesterday, including a police officer, Eric Talley. And it's, it's so sad. My heart breaks for everyone involved. And, you know, you, you see these things happen and when it hits close to home, it, it just really makes you realize that these things are happening and, um, there's no perfect words to, to talk about this, uh, you know, I wish there was something I could say that would make this better for for everyone, but there's simply not. And so I think we're going to continue to do what, what we do here, Mason. And, and that's, that's a couple of things that uh, the first is, talk about it and let people know that this is a safe community uh, to talk about things with in the comment section, that the comment section is, is for you guys. Typically, you know, it's about Broncos or or silly things like Hot Pockets or anything like that, but also for serious things. And we've had a lot of serious conversations in the past, uh, you know, over the past many years. And the, the comment section is yours. Also, you can, if you want to talk about this privately, um, my, my DMs are always open and, and we're also going to, you know, talk some Broncos and talk football to, to give people some joy in their lives um, because these shootings are are terrible and uh, and so so sad. And, you know, this one really hit close to home. So I thank you guys for being with us and, and making this community special, because in times like these, Mace, we we need safe spaces to go. And this has always been a safe space for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's very well, well said, Zach. And um, I mean, it's just, it just feels like we sit here way too often and talk about this sort of thing, especially here in Colorado. Um, I mean, whenever, whenever anything like this happens, I mean, you find yourself thinking about Columbine, you find yourself thinking about the uh, movie theater in Aurora. Um, it's, you know, this is something that, uh, it, and it, I feel like this ends up touching almost every commu- every large community at some point. Um, it's, a, it's, it's an unspeakable tragedy, and yet it continues to happen over and over and over again. And you sit here and say, well, what can be done about this? What can be done to prevent these things from happening? And unfortunately, uh, we as a country when we uh, looked at an elementary school about about eight and a half years ago and saw 26 uh, and seven-year-olds shot dead and did absolutely nothing it's like uh, this nation decided okay well um it's it's worth having it's worth having dead kids to have certain uh, to have certain things um and you know, we've been dealing with COVID-19 in the last 12 months, but, uh, the plague of shootings, even though, you know, every, every, everything has different circumstances. Um, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem to be stopping. Um, and sadly, I feel, I think maybe, you know, in, in, in the midst of the unspeakable sadness of this event, another sad thing is I feel like we as a nation have just kind of gotten used to this, um, And certainly and I feel like, unfortunately, uh, for me personally, I've kind of gotten used to this and it's and a a, a functional society shouldn't be used to this. A functional society should be outraged and actually do something to prevent these things from happening over and over and over again. Because I think just in the past week, we have the uh, the the shootings down in Atlanta at the, you know, um, at 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 various businesses. And now we have this. So. Um, I mean, I just I, I hope that uh, I hope that as we heal that maybe finally something will change. But I also am a realist about that, about this. And I mean, I just wonder when when is it going to be enough for for this as for this nation as a whole to stand up and say this can't happen anymore? I really, I really wish we knew the answer to that. That's, you know, I'm probably going to tick off some people by saying all this, but I don't, But I really don't care. I mean, just this, this keeps happening. And as, and as long as nothing changes, we're basically tacitly saying, okay, as a society and that's, and that that's, that's, that's a reflection of a society that has had something deeply wrong with it. And I hope we can figure that out to I, prevent, to prevent this conversation from having to happen again and again and
0: again. You're absolutely right, Mesa. I really, really hope that. And, uh, you know, our hearts and thoughts and prayers go out to uh, all 10 victims and their family and friends in the community and everyone impacted. Um, and, you know, of course, hero officer Eric Talley, who was one of the first to, to arrive at the scene um, and tried to save people and, uh, and, and, we're going to find more, find more out about his efforts. But, uh, for, from initial reports is that he did save people. And so mm-hmm. just, just so sad. And, um, you know, hopefully things do change, Mace, so that this isn't something that we have to talk about, but it is, you know, especially because it's close to home, and I'm sure that there's people listening that that were impacted in one way or another, and I just want you guys to know that we're here for you, this community's here for you, and I know that people in our community Um, are are sending their thoughts and prayers and and we're going to talk about that in the comment section and like I said the comment section is always a a safe place for anyone to comment whether they have a controversial football take or they want to talk about something very very serious such as this um, that that this is this is what we're here for and so thank you guys for um, for being with us and being part of this community and uh, and Mace there's no real Good transition, of course, yeah. for this. But uh, but one thing we can do is be a community, be a very strong community for one another, uh, have each other's backs, be there. Uh, when it's good times, when it's bad times, and that's what this community is great in, and and we can talk some football, and that's that's what we're gonna do now. But of course, like I said, that this isn't closing the door on this conversation by any means. Uh, it's just uh, it's just you guys are here to talk football, and so let's let's get into that. And before we do, Mace, gotta tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Time and time again, the one thing that will protect you against economic downturn is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers. And you can go build your toolbox over at MSU Denver Online. They have over 750 classes and 40 online and hybrid programs. So make sure to go check them out. And also got to tell you about Green Roads because you know that DNVR is a huge supporter of CBD. And as a consumer, you must find the product that works best for you. And Green Roads has tons of products. They have CBD capsules, which help with sleep. They have Sleepy Zs, which really help with sleep. They have relaxed bears. They're CBD gummies and they taste good. CBD bath bombs, CBD soft gels, full spectrum oil for everything. Everything you could possibly need, and they're the leader in the industry. They promote a sense of self-relaxing. CBD helps well-being from your body and mind, and it enhances physical and mental well-being. So make sure to check out Green Roads, and when you do, make sure to use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Green Roads has over 30,000 five-star reviews. 30,000 five-star reviews. So check them out. Use that magical code. DNVR 20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Well, Mace yesterday morning was a big day in Broncos country. You had the Broncos officially have their press conference for Justin Simmons signing his record breaking four sixty-one $61 million contract, $35 million guaranteed. And of course, it gave him an average annual salary, uh, to be the highest paid safety in the league at 15 to $5 million. Mace, you were there for us yesterday. What was it like being there and, and seeing Justin finally get the long-term deal?
1: Well, it's kind of weird to say this in light of uh, how we opened, but, uh, It was a it was a I wouldn't say like festive where people had like, you know, balloons and champagne popping and that sort of thing. But it was definitely a celebratory and also, um, I mean, I would say kind of a a victory lap for George Payton and um, and and his ability to get this thing done. And I think uh, one of the more interesting aspects of it, as we look back on it, is. When Justin talked about how he had a conversation with George Payton right after Payton became the general manager and they just talked and even though they didn't talk about contract facts and figures and proposals and all that, Justin said that when he got done with his first conversation with George Payton that he knew he was going to be back, he knew it was going to get done he was going to get that long-term deal he wanted was going to come with the Broncos. And that I think represents a a, a little bit of a, a sea change. I mean, we've seen now in the past week, of course, you know, this is Kyle Fuller coming in. There is Ronald Darby coming in. There is Mike Boone coming in and Philip Lindsay left, but the two of the Broncos big expenditures were on keeping their own with Justin Simmons uh, getting his guarantee. It was what? uh, $32 million I believe. Yep. And, uh, and then that comes on top of Shelby Harris getting a $15 million guarantee for his three year, 27 million deal. And so there's a message being sent and it seems like it's being heard loud and clear that things are different now than they were uh, with John Elway calling the shots on a day-to-day basis. Um, and frankly, uh, John Elway w- and, uh, the people who represented him in contract discussions uh, they took a they took a hard line. Um, when I, I had a discussion about this yesterday afternoon and I said, I, I would, I would say that John Elway, when he went about negotiations, he didn't go about it thinking like a former player and what the player would want. He thought about it as a former car dealer thing, you know, and, and of course he was kind of taking the perspective of the customer or the car dealer saying, okay, I, I want, I don't just want this. I want a bargain. And there, you know, there was some haggling and there was right. a, a line in the sand. It's a, it, it seems a bit different with George Payton that, uh, you know, that they're operating with sort of a different set of parameters in negotiation. I mean, I would ask you this, Zach, if John Elway is still the man with final say authority, does Justin Simmons have a contract today?
0: No. I I don't believe so. Exactly. Mace.
1: Yeah. Do you think he has a contract by, by July?
0: I don't think so because Mace. We we saw wow. what it we saw what it took to get Justin. It, you had to reset the market for him and. Uh, From everything I heard, John didn't want to do that. Now, maybe when push came to shove, he would have done it on July 14th or the morning of July 15th. But uh, I, I don't think that he wanted to do that.
1: Yeah, I don't think he wanted to make Justin Simmons the first $50 million a year safety. And even though Justin clearly wanted to stay in Denver, I don't think Justin was going to give a substantial substantial discount. Nike no. wanted to be he wanted to be a Bronco, but he also <laughs> wanted it wasn't about wanting every dollar, but it's about what the dollars say about your value. Mm-hmm. And Justin probably will not be the highest paid safety at this time next year. The right. Others, others will probably be somebody else. Minka Fitzpatrick is a, a good candidate to potentially get the Brinks truck uh, backing up to his door by then. Um. Oh, yeah. But. But it's it's Justin's turn. I mean, you can debate whether Justin Simmons is the best safety in the NFL or just one of the best. If he's not the best, that's a fair assessment. But you can't think of it him saying, well, if he's not the best, why is he getting paid the most money? He's getting paid the most money because it's his turn at the at the money trough, so to speak. It's his turn to get a contract. And then next year, somebody else is probably going to raise the bar and then. It, you'll have maybe a $16 million a year safety. So I think sometimes you get, you get caught up in, okay, bet highest paid must mean best. The highest paid just means kind of it's his turn at that moment to set the market. And the market is always, is a fluid thing. It's changing from year to year. It may change a lot in 12 months if the salary cap, if the salary cap goes up. So and I think John Elway sort of went about it and, th- and would think, okay, well, best must mean highest, highest paid must mean best. Right. The other interesting thing, of course, is that it's not like John Elway is being shy to give out money, but usually that in the last few years that money has been given to guys he bring in.
0: Mm-hmm. It's given to
1: Juwan James. It's uh, it, it's bringing in Joe Flacco uh, on the worst kind of contract that you can have, a relatively high level quarter contract at the time it was signed back at, you know, back earlier in his career for a, an average to below average starter at his position. And, and so that that's a source of frustration in the locker room. Yeah.
2: You're
1: know, like, okay. I mean, what he's, he's giving money out, but he's not giving money out to our, to our guys, the guys that are here. It's going to Juwan James, for example, who, you know, has done bopkus in a Bronco uniform and now the money is going to guys who've proven themselves here and that's uh, and and that i think is going to uh, have a pretty profound effect on the morale of that locker room when everybody gets back in there
0: yes i think so as well mason this is something that justin has talked about this is something that shelby harris talked about last week just about how not only Is it good for these guys to get paid? But it sends a really strong and powerful message to the younger guys in the locker room. I think Shelby specifically mentioned that he was talking with Bradley or Cortland Sutton about it. And I think maybe Justin mentioned how this is big for Bradley Chubb. And it's huge for these guys, Mace, because, uh, you know, we have talked about in the past, well, what, what happens if Cortland Sutton plays really good this year and then he's a $20 million wide receiver? Are the Broncos going to keep him or will they let him walk? Well, especially with the way that George Payton has talked about Cortland Sutton. that Cortland Sutton may be his favorite player on the team with the way he's talked about him, and we know his son likes wide receivers, so I don't think he's letting Cortland Sutton walk. I think he's going to take care of him. And so there, there's more guys on that list. Makes you hope that Jerry Judy turns into one of these guys where you're saying – You have to pay him. Noah Fant seems like he's trending on that right path. In fact, we had a a commenter say, would you pay him $13 million? Cause that's kind of the market for, for top tight ends. And you absolutely do. And I think that's something that George Payton is going to do, but there's a long list. I mean, we can talk about on defense, Draymond Jones, potentially being one of those guys. You hope Michael Ojemudia can develop in there, but obviously there's still a lot of development to happen but this list is pretty impressive. And also it does tell you that these guys under George Payton are going to stay here because he wants to draft and develop and sign to second-term deals, and that's one of the things that George Payton said yesterday. Is one what you want to do is be able to give out second contracts to your own guys. So Mace, let's let's talk about these guys who you could sign a deal with Cortland Sutton right now. You could sign Bradley Chubb right now if you wanted to. What's the priority level? for george payton whether it's this year whether he waits until the middle of this season to sign these guys up whether it's he waits till next year to do it what's the priority level of getting these guys because uh, uh, an interesting thing with this they have 40 million dollars in cap space so they could sign a deal right now
1: they could they could and you
0: also wonder if
1: george payton is going to take the philosophy of uh, getting things done a little bit sooner i mean if the Broncos had gotten a deal done with Justin Simmons, say late in the 2019 season or in the 2020 offseason, they wouldn't be talking about Simmons being a 15 million dollar a year safety. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. And and that's the thing. It, the Broncos seem to operate in this environment and this belief structure that somehow a price would go down <laughs> and aside from maybe this year when the cap dropped because of the pandemic, that is not something that is compatible with reality, with normal reality. You can't expect the cap to go down. It's only going to go up. And that means the price tag on players is going to go up because the way agents and players look at it is by looking at what the salaries are as a percentage of the cap. And that, and that's, how you, and that's how you show value. So you hope that they're going to be out in front a little more often on these things, but, I mean, also the, the player has to be willing to, to sign for that as well and has to right. be willing to take a deal. Garrett Bowles, he took a deal. Now, Garrett Bowles really only had one outstanding season in, in his career. So the Broncos giving him a deal, it wouldn't make him the highest-paid tackle or even the second – or the third highest paid tackle when it came to, 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 to the average annual value. But it was probably a fair deal for a guy who's had one outstanding season. He comes in, he comes in fifth on the offensive tackle market in terms of average per year with a $17 million a year contract. That's, that's fair. But I don't think you can expect that for Cortland Sutton, even though he's coming off a torn ACL. Um, right. You'd you'd like to get Cortland Sutton done. Um, but the, the other thing that also comes into play is, is this. And, you know, right now there's a lot of kind of good feelings about keeping Justin Simmons, everybody's happy. But it's also going to be keeping players and thinking about the overall roster construction. Like um, right now, you know, there are, there are some contracts that maybe you're not going to be out of for a year or so. I mean, I, I'd say, for example, the Melvin Gordon contract. Uh, that's not a good contract for to to pay that much to a running back. So you know, is it a, a case where a year from now you're talking about less on the running back position because you've got Mike Boone and uh, a couple of guys you draft in the next couple of drafts? So there, so there's that. And so, how do you look at wide receiver? Obviously, you'd think Cortland Sutton would push toward twenty million dollars a year, but does George Payton believe that's a wise expenditure of resources? I mean, I think like with Justin Simmons, for example, you're paying him a lot of safety. And so I think a move that will kind of will kind of come to clarity here over the next 12 months, will be partnering him with a young cost controlled safety because Peyton is is thinking in terms of how you have if you're trying to build a roster, you can't go spending too much in specific
0: spots, right? Right. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And especially you do have to keep in mind, especially with that wide receiver position in Cortland Sutton Mace uh, that you do have Cortland Sutton and you don't want to let him go but you also have Jerry Judy and he's going to be cost controlled for two years longer than Cortland Sutton. In fact, you can even throw the fifth year option on Jerry Judy and he can be cost controlled for three years longer than Cortland Sutton. You also have KJ Hamler who you hope, who you hope develop. So if you say, okay, I love Cortland Sutton and I don't want to let players that I love go. Well, you hope that you eventually love Jerry Judy and that you eventually love KJ Hamler. And then let's say they all turn out to be ballers you're probably not going to be able to keep three guys at $20 million a year as your wide receivers. That's just not going to happen. So you will have to make tough choices there. And from just everything that, that I've seen George Payton talk about Cortland Sutton, I think Cortland is a guy that they're going to lock up and what's, what's the right price and what's the right time to do this Mace? Because like you said, he's coming off his ACL right now. His value is probably as low as it's going to be, but it's still not, you're not going to get him for, you know, four years, $32 million. He's not going to take that type of a discount.
1: Yeah. You'd you'd like to have him back. As I'm taking a look at the wide receiver contracts right now, there are four, receivers at this moment with contracts that have an average annual value of 20 million plus Deandre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, and Amari Cooper get let you know what you'd like Cortland Sutton to slot in ideally around say 18, 19 million dollars a year. And the receivers that are in the 18 to 19 million dollar range right now are Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Odell Beckham Jr. and the recent contract that the Giants gave to Kenny Galladay, the former Detroit Lion. And I think if you if you were talking about a deal today for a receiver who has shown a great a bright flash, is coming off an ACL, hasn't played this year. Believe it or not, that that might be fair. That would be if you said 18 million dollars straight up Cortland Sutton. Let's say you did 54 million dollars over three years. So that gives him a chance for another uh, big for another big strike. If you did that, um, it would be I think it would be fair for a receiver who's already proven he can have a great year with suboptimal quarterbacking. But has only done it once to date. But right. if you're Cortland Sutton, do you take that or do you bet on on yourself? Uh, you if you offered that to him, you'd kind of be doing something similar to what the Broncos did with Chris Harris Jr. back in 2014, when he was a few months when he was less than a year removed from tearing the ACL, and the Broncos got him on a below market deal. And I think if Cortland Sutton plays the way people expect him to play, 18 million dollars a year is going to be below market.
0: Yeah, it it certainly will be. But here's in Mace. Here's a, a very important point about all of this. It's not just Cortland Sutton taking a discount because he gets a massive raise this mm-hmm. season. He's due a uh, yearly cash of two million dollars this year. So if you ripped up this contract and said, you know what, we're not going to give you $2 million this year. We're going to give you $18 million. You get a $16 million raise this year. So it's not just saying, okay, a player is going to take a hometown discount because I think that, that that's overvalued. It's saying we're going to do this deal a year early in order to get you on a discount the final two or three years. Mace, I think the contract that you talked about is very fair. And I think Cortland Sutton should absolutely do it because it gets him a massive raise now. And maybe in the final year of that deal, especially if it's a three-year deal, he's getting underpaid by $4 million. Well, he already made it up in, in this year by, by making $16 million more. And then, like you said, if it's a three-year deal, he has a chance to go out and get another four- or five-year massive deal on top of that. So that sounds like the best of both worlds for Cortland Sutton. I could see George Payton doing it. If it's me, Mace, I'm not doing it. And, and I just... <sighs> the investment that the broncos have at wide receiver is crazy right now corton sutton is your most valuable trade asset in my opinion or will be midway through this year <laughs> or after this year I think just the way this team is constructed, you got to move one of these guys eventually. And right now, Cortland Sutton is the most valuable one, so that's why I would just be considering moving him. Uh, and as crazy as that is to say, for a team that went five and eleven last year, that you want to move one of your most valuable players well, just the way the the uh, the wide receiver room is set up, that's something I would be looking to do. But I think I think George Payton would do that. He would do a big contract right now because, Mace. Let's say let's say you wait and Courtland Sutton goes out and has another Pro Bowl 1,000-yard season this year, then you're resetting the market with him, right? Because then he's had two Pro Bowl 1,000-yard seasons. He's proven that he came back from his injury, and he's fine. Uh, and then he's on the verge of being a free agent after this year. He, he could be a free agent, so then you're faced with franchise tagging him mm-hmm. or resetting the market. And, and what would that number be as of right now, Mace?
1: Okay, if you give courtland sutton the franchise tag next year that would project to 19.005 million dollars okay according to over the cap the franchise tag the franchise tag so just so five thousand dollars over 19 million it'd be the
0: third highest franchise tag in the nfl and what would be resetting the market What, what who's the highest paid wide receiver annual value right now
1: Right now, that is DeAndre Hopkins twenty seven point two five million dollars. Oh,
0: twenty seven million, holy cow! Yeah, that eighteen million per year looks a lot better right now. Yeah, I and mean, I think I think if Cortland Sutton goes out and has another Pro Bowl year, Mace, you're having to reset the market with him. You're gonna have to give him twenty eight million dollars.
1: Now the interesting thing on DeAndre Hopkins is, of course, those big numbers really don't start kicking in until twenty twenty two. Kind of a theme of a lot of this is big numbers kicking in 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 twenty twenty two. But if you're if you're looking at kind of contracts that are that are really kind of uh, what we're looking at right now, because DeAndre Hopkins' contract is kind of a weird structure. Julio Jones is twenty is a twenty two million dollar a year receiver. So. Yeah that is maybe something that you're looking at and saying all right that's where it is i'm i'm all, i'm right now on overthecap.com looking at it and then the other 20 million plus receivers are Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper okay so resetting the market realistically would probably be 92 million over 4 years wow million per. And another thing we're talking about wide receivers, but if we talk about pass catchers in general, Noah Fant comes on the heels of all this because you're going to have to make a decision on the franchise tender or not, pardon me, the fifth year tender, pardon me, for Noah Fant in May of 2022. And think of it this way. Like if, if you, if do you expect Noah Fant to be a pro bowler at some point in the next couple of years. Yes. All right then that means if he's a pro bowler one time, that means his fifth year option is going to, is going to be equal to the transition tag at his position. Like that's, that's for example, Bradley Chubb uh, by, by getting to the pro bowl and he has to make it on the original ballot, not as an alternate Bradley Chubb, by making it to the pro bowl, all of a sudden went from a, a guy under $10 million on his fifth-year option to 12.716. If he makes another Pro Bowl, by the way, Zach, Chubb's fifth-year option jumps to nearly $15 million.
0: Oh, man. It's
1: not quite as spicy for the tight end position right now. Overthecap.com projects the transition tag to be $9.406 million for for tight end transition transition tag pardon me in 2022 so you'd say a little bit more than that as you go into 2023 so mainly, so if bradley chubb is a one-time pro bowler then that's probably going to be right around 10 million dollars for the fifth year option of, of bradley chubb and then where is the t- where is the tight end market starting to go uh, at that point certainly it's a little bit more reasonable than the wide receiver market but we are in an age right now where there are five tight ends that have contracts that pay north of $10 million in average annual value, led by George Kittle at $15 million a year. I think if Noah Fant continues on his progress, Zach, and that tight end market keeps going up and up, and of course we saw both John U. Smith and Hunter Henry get $12.5 million deals, you may have to be planning on Noah Fant being a $15 million a year guy. So if you've got Noah Fant at 15 million a year and Cortland Sutton around $20 million a year, yes, the cap is going up, but then all these things are kind of coming in bit by bit by bit. If you're going to bring back everybody. And then on the defensive side, Bradley Chubb, you know what? This is screaming to me, Zach. What's that? Cost controlled quarterback.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, it certainly is. And Mace, I, I agree with you. You have money now. You have a lot of money, potentially upwards of $90 million in cap space next year. So for me, and really quick, you cannot sign drafted players until after their third year. So you can't sign Draymond Jones right now. You can't sign Noah Fant right now. You can sign Cortland Sutton, and you can sign Bradley Chubb. So Mace, I'm approaching Bradley Chubb this offseason, this offseason and saying four-year, $60 million. Heck, let's just do Justin Simmons' deal. Four-year, $61 million, $35 million guaranteed. And you may say, well, that's not a lot for uh, an edge rusher, 15 and a half or 15 to five uh, a year. Well, no, you're right. That would put him right now as the... uh, 15th highest paid edge rusher in the NFL. But right now, he's all the way down there for this season only making $6.8 million this year. And like you said, Mace, next year, he's due to make, what, 13 as it is right now. If he makes a Pro Bowl, it goes up to 15. Uh, so you say, Bradley, we're going to guarantee that next year's salary is over $15 million. And we're going to give you a $9 million raise this season. And then what you're doing is you're locking him in to two more years at what will be cost-controlled prices. Or heck, you know, at this point, I would offer Bradley Chubb five years uh, 76, 77 million, uh, just to keep him on this deal as long as possible. And the benefits for him, he gets a lot more money. These next two years gets security because you're guaranteeing a lot of that. Uh, and then his price is also very reasonable. Now he may say no to that because he may say, I'm going to go out here and ball and be a $20 million pass rusher next year. But then next year I'm locking him up for $20 million. I mean, I'm not waiting until his contract expires. And then you have to deal with the franchise tags and everything like that. So that's what I'm doing. I'm approaching Bradley this off season.
1: Yeah. And that cost only keeps going up and up and up because, you know, there are now five edge rushers making worth of $20 million a year on their contracts. And you wonder if Bradley Chubb is already thinking in terms of I've, I've got to be that next guy. It's part of why the Shaq Barrett contract was a little shocking. Yeah. Because. I think clearly Shaq Barrett took below market value. Yep, he did. To resign with Tampa Bay. And are the Broncos going to get that sort of benefit from Bradley Chubb? I, I, I really don't know. Shaq, Shaq's kind of in a, in a different spot, obviously. And um, certainly part of his thinking is wanting to continue to play with TV 12. Can't blame him.
0: <laughs> no.
1: You know, when you, you got a couple of, of rings on your fingers and you're like, I want more, I want more, I want more. <laughs> and also the other thing that comes into play uh, uh, for, for Shaq Barrett is uh, being in Tampa Bay uh, and being in Florida in a place with no state income tax. Well, I mean, that's that's something that, it, it's no small chunk of change. I mean, that, that means millions of, do, I, that means I think uh, three to five million dollars compared with say Colorado over the life of the deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's something in it for sure. Yeah.
1: And that's an, and unfortunately as uh, these numbers keep going up and up and up and that is something that players think about that. Okay. Texas, Florida, Tennessee, uh, Washington state, uh, that they're they're states without a state income tax. Right. And Compared to Colorado, that that means you've got to make up a little bit uh, of the difference. Players think that certainly their agents are thinking in those terms as well. Um, I, I would like to see them take action on Bradley Chubb. The other thing that comes into play is that you have finite resources, you can't simply give everybody every dollar you're probably saying goodbye to Von Miller after this coming season if your plan is that Bradley Chubb is going to push himself into that stratosphere of right. edge rusher contracts. And that's right. and that's something I know everyone's excited to have Von Miller back for another season. But if the plan becomes to give Bradley Chubb the money at the next deal unless you finagled things to make it possible to have them both. And again, if you've got a cost control quarterback, you do have some flexibility, even though that wiggle room is being chewed up at other areas on the roster. There's a decent shot that this is the victory lap as a Bronco for Von Miller, unless they can figure something, unless they can figure some things out. And again, the quarterback does come into play because uh, what if you're paying a quarterback, that you draft, for example, um, but, you know, four, four to $5 million a year for the next four seasons, instead of having uh, to, to pay drew lock on a second contract or somebody else that you import on a big deal.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's the benefit of cost control quarterbacks is you can pay these other guys as mm-hmm. well. And Mace, maybe things go off the rails this year for the Broncos and uh, you trade Von Miller before the trade deadline, get, I don't know a day two pick back for him. You free up a little bit of cap space as well. You say goodbye. You send him off to a good team. And then you just lock up Bradley Chubb in the middle of this season. That would be a, certainly a move looking forward into the future uh, as well. So I'm I'm talking about Bradley Chubb this year, Mace. And uh, then next year I'm talking uh, uh, about Noah Fant because we had that number $13 million. If he, Just continues to take steps like we've seen him take take steps from year one to year two. If he does that from year two to year three this year, Mace, I am absolutely giving Noah Fant $13 million, and I'm doing that next offseason, signing him up to a five-year extension, $13 million per year. He's not resetting the market because you're giving him that contract one year early in order to take that deal. You have cap space to do it next year. It makes sense, and we'll see if Draymond Jones takes a big step up, then I'm doing the same thing with him and taking care of your own players because then you get some discounts there because you do it early you take care of them uh and uh, how this all comes together how you're able to sign all of these players mace is with the cost-controlled quarterback and so i have to ask you exactly i have to ask you about the broncos current cost-controlled quarterback drew lock i know ryan has mentioned a few times on this podcast that you know the bold move (laughs) would be for the Broncos to give Drew Locke an extension right now and lock him in for the long haul at a very reasonable price. Well, the Broncos can't do that now because Mm -hmm. Drew's only been in the league two years. So, so that can't happen. But at what point, like what type of season does he have to have in order for you to approach him to do this after this coming year?
1: Uh, He's got to go from being one of the worst quarterbacks in the league to one of the probably top eight,
0: top eight and then what type of discount are you getting signing him up a year early uh are we talking about like dollar figures like uh... yeah yeah well what's his contract look like let's say he goes out and he is a top 10 quarterback so maybe just missing the pro bowl they, that, that's the type of year he has where it's very good but just misses the pro bowl
1: uh i think you try if he does that um and you think about giving him an extension. Honestly, at just misses the Pro Bowl, I'd have to see how that season looked, how the team looked, etc. cetera. It's not something where I can say yes or no in a vacuum. Going over the, the quarterbacks in terms of their average per year value, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You have nine quarterbacks that are above $30 million. And then you have another one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, that came in at uh that came in at 25 million dollars so maybe you'd be thinking okay because you get drew lock- in for un- for 25 million dollars a year the problem is this the worst thing that you can have on your cap it's not elite money for an elite quarterback it's yeah. big money for a guy who's in who's not elite maybe he's in that second tier maybe he's in that third tier but it's kind of that, that purgatory territory mm-hmm. that uh, that's something that you, you think about. I mean, for example, you know, the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo at 27 and a half million dollars a year. That's a purgatory type of contract. Um, yeah. and, and that's something that uh, I, I would, I would be hesitant to pay drew drew lock would have to show an awful, awful lot for me to think about this because you, because you are, you know, you are kind of saying, all right, you're, you're committing to him. And what if, what if that season isn't who he is? You know, it's a, it's a different level of commitment than it is to say uh, Garrett Bowles over at left tackle, because you thought that's $17 million a year, but we're talking about another probably eight to $10 million a year for a quarterback. If you give him that kind of preemptive, that preemptive contract. And is it something that uh, uh, that's worth it? And the other thing is you when you go from cost control quarterback to non-cost controlled quarterback, you're effectively let's say it's twenty seven million dollars a year. You're effectively going twenty three million dollars a year higher than you would for a cost controlled QB. So I think uh, there'd have to be an awful lot, because if you do even at twenty seven million dollars or twenty five million dollars, it means you're saying goodbye to some of these other guys that we've just talked about.
0: Yeah, you're, so Drew, you're
1: yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. Drew would have to be outstanding, I think, yeah. to really kind of give you the assurance that uh he's that he's worthy of that of that kind of deal. And um, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't get any cheaper, but me, I'd probably want to see another year.
0: And that's beyond to- this. That's totally fair, Mace. I'm kind of exactly where you are, uh, unless he's very consistent pretty much the entire season where where I get scared is if he goes out and has you know a four touchdown no interception game he does that three times in the season but he also has you know no touchdowns two interceptions four times in the season and it's just way up and down way too inconsistent then I wouldn't want to commit a hundred million dollars to him over four seasons because I'd be worried okay well How fluky were those good games? How fluky were those bad games? If he goes out and it's, you know, a consistent – Uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions for two straight weeks, then two touchdowns, one interception for the next week. Then I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about it. And you know, his completion percentage is 65 and he you're, you're able to run the offense. You want to run with him. You're not having to cater things to him. There's a lot of behind the scenes work with this as well. Then, then I'm okay with it. If it turns out to be a good stat line, whereas I would need to see a second season uh, of him playing at this level. If it is very inconsistent.
1: Yeah. Now uh, the interesting thing, let's, let's kind of talk about consistency. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a a quarterback at you. I'm going to throw a stat line at you here. All right.
0: Okay. Okay. I like this.
1: Okay. And let's, let's say that you've got a quarterback who has a 91.4 rating Had had injury, but started the majority of the games. Okay. In the games that he in the, in the games that he played, he actually ended up playing, uh, even though he didn't start, he didn't start 11 games. He basically was your primary quarterback for 11 games. And in those 11 games, he had 19 touchdowns, seven picks. Like I said, a 91.4 rating uh, completed 61% of his passes. And you went to the playoffs but then in the playoffs, he had his worst game of the year. Okay.
0: What do okay. you do? Um, I am uh, rolling it back another year, see, see, seeing uh, exactly what type of quarterback he is.
1: The quarterback I just described was Brian Hoyer, 2015. Yep. <laughs> and the Texans' yeah. response to Brian Hoyer was to bring in Brock Gossweiler. Right.
0: Yep, it certainly was
1: and i mean I, the another name that i would say let's uh, throw in there even though i'm not uh, i'm not doing the exercise of saying okay uh, the, the the quarterback is is blank but uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Tyrod Taylor in 2017 now he gets to an 89.2 rating he does it basically by being unspectacular 14 touchdowns four picks 63% completion percentage they get to the playoffs and they lose in round 1 and he doesn't play very well in that playoff game. He goes 17 of 37 with no touchdowns and a pick and the bills lose. And their reaction to that is we're going to pick Josh Allen. And so it's possible that drew lock could have these seasons where it's, it's, it's better than he was last year, substantially. But in both these cases, in terms of overall efficiency, you're talking about, substantially better than he was last year. And then you get to the playoffs and and you don't do well and I think in in both of these instances Zach I believe the Broncos would be in the quarterback market in next year's draft.
0: Yeah, I I think you're probably right Mace and speaking of cost control quarterbacks the Broncos can go get another cost controlled quarterback in this draft Mace and you found something interesting where someone suggested that Mac Jones may be the best option for the Broncos this year. Is that right? And also, Mace, this is fitting as it comes on Alabama's first pro day where the Broncos do have representation there but not George Payton. He's going to hit the road later this week and go to pro days, but there's still a chance that he gets to see Mac Jones throw live in person because Alabama has so many players that they're Mm -hmm. doing two pro days and Mac Jones is going to be throwing at both of them.
1: Yeah. Brian Stark, the uh, director of college scouting will be leading the contingent today at Alabama. Um, But the notion of pro football focus brought up was that with all these contracts that we just kind of dove into all of them, with all these contracts, does this set up for the Broncos to be in a, in a position to take Mac Jones and basically say, all right, he's our cost-controlled guy because he's going to be probably the most pro-ready once you get Beyonce, Trevor Lawrence, the most pro-ready right away. But you're also saying because of his low ceiling, you're planning on turning over the position after five years, which is something that I have thought there's going to be a team that takes a look at this quarterback market over and over and says, all right. We're just going to reset the position every five years but it was funny to hear it in connection with the Broncos yeah. but, the, yeah. but in general, all these contracts and all the work has been done that has been done, it does get you thinking is the plan here to have a court to have a first contract quarterback once we get into 2022 and beyond because even the, the contracts that have already been given out, they are backloaded. There are bigger numbers that start in 2022. Justin Simmons, Ronald Darby, Shelby Harris, all have bigger figures, substantially bigger. I mean, Justin goes from 5.75 million in order to to I believe 18.85 million off the top of my head. Yeah, you know, Darby goes from three to ten, or not ten part. It's more than that, right? I mean, I, I'm I think I'm, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm blanking here. I thought yeah, it's three to. 13, 13. or 15. yeah exactly yeah at Shelby goes from three million he goes from three million to I believe to 11 million next year yeah yeah so you're I feel like it, you know if drew Locke is the guy you could you can absorb that but I but it also seems like you start looking at longer term deals like Justin has another big number in 2023. We just had the discussion about Bradley Chubb. Do you want to try to bring Von Miller back and keep that band together in terms of pass rusher? It feels like the chess pieces are being aligned in a way to where making the moves that the Broncos want to make is going to involve a first contract quarterback.
0: Mm, Yeah, it really does, Mace. It's it's a really good point. Instead of going out and paying $20 million to the Case Keenum's Joe Flacco's of the world, that takes away a Bradley Chubb right there for just a below average quarterback, too. So this would make a lot of sense. And on top of that, Mac Jones make a lot of sense. If George Payton believes that this team is closer to competing, then maybe he's even led on to believe. Because of course, last Thursday when we talked to him before the Broncos signed Justin Simmons to a long-term deal, before the Broncos got Kyle Fuller, he said he really emphasized just how far away the Broncos still were, how much work still needed to be done. Well, maybe locking Justin Simmons in long-term freeing up some cap space this year as well and then getting an all-pro cornerback, Maybe he thinks, okay, this team's actually a little closer and the Broncos aren't going to have a shot to get Trevor Lawrence, who obviously is the most pro ready quarterback, but it's not crazy. And and I don't think this is just, coming from me who likes Mac Jones. I, I, I think that uh, a lot of people could see this argument is Mac Jones could be the second most pro ready quarterback in this draft right now. And if you have a team that's ready to take off, or as George Payton may say a sleeping giant, then you want the quarterback. You, you may want the quarterback that's ready to hit the ground running. Uh, so you don't have to develop him for three years.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And and that's where Mac Jones does become intriguing. Now, Trey Lance is also intriguing because you may say, all right, he's not playing this year, but you have somebody on hand in Drew Locke who can play for the year, and you could add a veteran to that to compete with Drew Locke. And then your 2017 season outlook, it starts looking a lot like the Buffalo Bills with the difference being that Buffalo – brought in Josh Allen in 2018 and you already have your young quarterback kind of incubating on the sideline. And you say, okay, kind of, no matter what we're going to kind of build the the guts of everything here and kind of make sure we get the, the, the culture back on track, but we're doing it with a defense and perhaps running game heavy team defense in particular. I mean, I, I got into it a few days ago about, top five defenses and what that means it doesn't guarantee anything but i'd say probably if the broncos have a top five defense and i think sitting here today we all expect that their floor their absolute yeah. floor worst case scenario if everything goes wrong is five and eleven mm-hmm. and realistically they're probably finishing and actually i should say uh six and eleven because we're talking about the 17 game schedule right and so, if your floor is six and eleven, realistically, they probably finish between ten and seven and eight and nine. If they have a top five defense, but they have pedestrian play at the quarterback position and a fair and and a pedestrian offense.
0: Mm-hmm. And pedestrian would be even better than they had yeah. last year from the quarterback position.
1: Exactly. I mean, they, they were bottom five last year.
0: Right. So uh, I, I agree about- with you. Yeah, we're talking
1: about quarterback play. That's around that somewhere around twenty to twenty-four. Mm-hmm. If you're ranking it league-wide, yeah, I know teams agree have with won you. with team. Yeah, teams have won with that as far as getting to the getting the playoffs. Now, you're probably not going to the Super Bowl barring a miracle. Jacksonville right. was a team that came close back in 2017 with this sort of equation. Remember they had that dominant front line, with, yeah, you know, with Malik Jackson, you know. Leading, uh, leading the way. Calais Campbell, the Broncos be getting there differently. It wouldn't be with a dominant D line. It'd be with the, the Russian cover pairing. Yeah. sounds like a, sounds like a, I gambled on something in <laughs> Moscow when I say Russian cover.
0: Yes. But, uh, it, does. it reminds me <laughs> of a spy book that I would read. I,
1: oh my gosh. Maybe that'll give me something to write about at some point, but
0: <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it, it's interesting that I, I I'm kind of looking at, at teams from the past them you're seeing some parallels line up here now the funny thing with that Jaguars team Zach is what was the mistake they made coming off of that season they paid Blake Bortles yes they did they gave they gave him a big contract and you look at kind of Buffalo and Jacksonville you know they were the two trains that kind of passed in that wild card playoff game down in North Florida And Jacksonville's response was to double down on Blake Bortles. Buffalo's response was to say, you know what? Tyrod Taylor's probably taking us as far as he can. Let's go. Let's go into the cost control pool. And if you're the Broncos and and you have a season that looks like those teams in 2017, it looks like a Buffalo or Jacksonville season in 2017. I hope you choose wisely. I hope you follow what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott did in Buffalo rather than what Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone did down in Jacksonville.
0: Right. Yeah. It's a great point, Mace. Fantastic point. So <laughs> many different routes that this can oh. go. And man, so if I'm George Baton, hey, I am, I could be so sold on the idea of Locke and Bradley chub up chub up for five years 75 the magical 75 million dollars <laughs> this year <laughs> well, who, and then- who yeah who are you more certain about when you take about contracts are you more if drew Locke say
1: plays at kind of a mid a lower mid-tier level better but not pushing toward the elite quarterbacks are you more confident about drew Locke, or are you more confident about Bradley Cortland, Noah Fant Mm-hmm. Even Von Miller giving him one last score before the end of his career. Frankly, uh, my answer is going to be more confidence in the other guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah, me too. And uh, because we're, we're talking about, you know, maybe an average quarterback, if that's kind of the numbers mm-hmm. we're talking about with Drew, or we're talking about legitimate Pro Bowl players. And Mace, it's just becoming so clear to me that you hope that you are not picking top 10 again. George Payton does not expect to be picking top 10 again. This is the closest you're going to have to one of the best quarterbacks in the game. The Broncos are uncertain about Drew Locke. That is very true. They tried to trade Matt to to, to acquire Matthew Stafford. They are not all in on Drew Locke. It is very clear to me that you might as well grab a quarterback in the first round, uh, even if you wait until nine, because then it only costs you one first round pick. Whereas if you wait till next year and Drew plays like the 20th best quarterback, but your defense balls out and you slide into the playoffs, oh, then you're going to be picking 20. Then you're going to have to trade multiple, maybe even three first round picks in order to get it, go up and get your quarterback. I'm not the biggest fan of drafting a quarterback in the first round and having it be a competition between he and drew. But if that's what it takes to get a first round quarterback, because some people in the organization still believe in drew and want to give him a shot, then I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, I just think that this is an opportunity that the Broncos have that they had in uh, both in 2018 and 2019 to draft a quarterback in the top 10 they passed on both of them and I think clearly it's coming back to hurt them right now don't make that same mistake
1: yeah it's, it came up on Twitter yesterday and uh, you know someone said, it talked about uh, uh, passing on uh, like passing on Kyle Pitts because you had uh, say Albert Okwebunam already in there and you're like okay that's our two tight end thing and i think there's high hopes for albert O. but if kyle pitts is there at number nine and the quarterbacks are off the board i think you think about kyle pitts because he's the best guy and he sort of goes back to 2018 uh, you, you took yourself out of the quarterback market beyond sam darnold and maker mayfield because you had well you had paxton lynch in there developing behind case keenum
0: <laughs> oh yeah and that
1: proved to be a mistake
0: Yes, it certainly did. Oh man, Mace, what 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 a great conversation! Uh, and it went in just- directions I didn't think we were going to go in, Zach. Yes, I totally agree. I I loved it so, so much. And uh, something else that we love is our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And I hope you guys got in on the 64 to 1 odds over at DraftKings Sportsbook this weekend with the tournament. But if not, uh, and if so, don't worry, because you can get in on more tournament action this weekend with the Sweet 16 coming up. Here's what you do. You go to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app that on any tournament game. And if your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple to turn $1 into $100. That's 1 to 100 odds right there. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for your shot at winning $100. And all it takes is a $1 bet on their next game. There's no better way to get in on the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you want to look at other things other than college basketball, well, they've got NBA, they've got hockey, they have UFC 260 coming up that you can bet on as well. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win. That's code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And if you've got some money coming in from DraftKings,
1: if you've had some successful bets, that's a terrific thing, obviously. But uh, if you want to have a little money to, to put some action down, you, then you may want to check out Gabby Insurance because we're all looking for ways to save money, right? Especially right now. So how would you like to keep an extra $961 a year in your pocket? That is how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance. I mean, think of what you could do with that nine hundred sixty-one dollars. You go on that vacation that you you want to take. You could uh, go put down a, a few saw bucks on some long-term bets over uh, over at DraftKings. Uh, there are all sorts of things you, you just put it in your savings account and save it for a rainy day. All sorts of things you could do with that nine hundred sixty-one dollars that that Gabby users save on average. Here's what Gabby does for you takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers, such as Progressive, Travelers, and Nationwide. So what you do is this. You link your current insurance account, and in just minutes, you can see quotes for the exact same coverage that you currently have. Gabby customers, like I mentioned earlier, save $961 per year. On average, you'd love to have that money for whatever you want to do. And guess what? If they can't find you savings, they'll let you know so you can relax knowing that the rate you've got is the lowest rate out there. And they will never sell your info so you don't have to worry about getting spam or robocalls about insurance. No, no, no. This this, this isn't like Radio Shack back in the old days. They don't use your info for anything like that. You're probably overpaying for car and home insurance so you can find out how much Gabby can save for you. It's totally free to check and there's no obligation. So go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. That's G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR. And they won't sell your info. You won't get blown up for insurance calls after checking it out. And so go to Gabby.com slash DNVR, G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR. And make sure if you go there, get that slash DNVR in so you can give us some cred and let them know that you got there through DNVR. Gabby.com slash DNVR.
0: All right. And let's hop into the comment section. But before we do Mace got to tell people how to leave a comment, go to the at the top of the screen, click on podcasts, then click on Broncos podcasts and all of our podcasts that we've ever done will pop up, click on the top one, scroll to the bottom of the page. And if you are a member, the comment section will magically appear and you'll be able to leave your comment, which will be read on the next day's podcast and Not only do you get to leave your comments read or leave your comments to be read on the podcast if you're a member with us, but if you sign up for the free for the annual membership, you'll get a free DNVR shirt, you'll get the DNVR locker weekly deal. You'll get a big beer for the price of a small beer at the DNVR bar and you'll get access to our members only discord. There's so many benefits of being part of our community and you get to support us. We do this podcast for free. And so just subscribing to the website, Website really helps us continue to do this podcast for all of you, which we love so much. And right now for the next couple hundred members, if you sign up to become an annual DNVR member, not only do you receive a free shirt of your choice from the DNVR locker, but you will also get a recover holistic stick from holistic wellness. And what's that? Well, holistic wellness is all about the CBD. This stick that, that will send you packs 10 milligrams of CBD. And this one is for recovery. All you have to do is pop the top of the stick, pour it in your drinks, Stir and consume. They're amazing. And you can check out the reviews at holisticwellness.com. That's H O L I S T I K wellness.com. And they're offering 30% off their first purchase using promo code DNVR30. So not only do you get the annual membership, you get the free DNVR shirt, you get the holistic wellness stick with the coupon inside, and you get to support our community. So we would love it if you joined our community. And Mace, speaking of our community, let's talk to our community today and jump into the comment section yeah
1: let's start with uh count locula who says in response to zach's question about my take on number 30 being jettisoned i loved phil the player and the dude but take off the orange tinted glasses and study the tape and stats phil is a unidimensional back and he's not elite at that one dimension He has many long runs, but he has even more runs for little to no gain. He has durability issues. He's not a great pass blocker. He's not a third down back, not a special teamer. Has he been used incorrectly? Yes. The Broncos screwed the pooch on not creating packages that fit his skills. All that said, however, he's not the right back for this system, and he's not so good that he's worth giving Schirmer the boot. It's a crappy situation, but the Broncos are right to move on. Cue the Rotten Tomatoes flying my way. Love the count.
0: No, <laughs> no rotten tomatoes flying your way, the count. Uh it, it's just fascinating how polarized this community is uh with with this decision. And now we'll get to see with Phil down in Houston. Do, does he prove the Broncos wrong or did he just go to some place that's just a train wreck and it's gonna be tough for that for him to do?
1: Well, it's interesting because he's probably not gonna be the guy down there, right? I and mean, they they've got marketing Ingram in- 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 Cry- coming
0: yeah exactly
1: it's a relatively full room that they've got in houston now maybe that means he's being used situationally and more efficiently but that also means that a situational back is probably going to be worth about three or four million dollars a year as they get as uh, they get up there in 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 their career so i mean that uh, that's kind of the curious curious thing here i mean one thing I think we can also say in regards to Shermer, and, and this is sort of kind of my general point is Pat Shermer. He, the only top 10 offenses that he's been a part of as a coordinator or head coach. Uh, you had Chip Kelly calling the place in Philadelphia. Pat Shermer is a, a solid, fairly average offensive coordinator. I'd say probably, uh, you know, can do the job, but he's not somebody spectacular. And are you going all in to kind of, you know, are you going all in for this guy as a coordinator? That, that's the part that I would sort of, uh, sort of question here, because uh, you're not, it, we could talk about, say, it's the same with the quarterbacks. If you're not talking about somebody that is, uh, at, at the top level, that they're basically kind of, uh, you know, replaceable by someone comparable, is that somebody worth, uh,
0: worth going all in for? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good question. Very good question. Next one coming in from maybe the dingo H O baby. Says, hello, fellas. Thank you. I'm listening to this Monday morning pod. And while you talk about corners, it takes me back to an epic argument I had about cornerbacks and Fangio's scheme on one of Zach's posts on Twitter about four years ago. The argument that spanned more than a week was about the system utilizing the zone and needing linebackers who could cover more than high dollar lockdown man corners. So, my question is why would you burn a premium top 10 pick on a corner that could be found in round three? Well, well, Mesa, I don't Zach, think you I don't, you I don't think you would if you thought that you could find that type of guy in round 3. <laughs> and maybe that's yeah, what the Broncos I mean, have tried to do over the past few years is go round 3 because they did not want to burn it in round 1.
1: Yeah. I think so and uh, at every position you're talking, you you and you're making draft evaluations and you're figuring out when when you want to pick guys, it is some there is something to saying okay, it is the value here for this guy in this round that much in excess of a guy that we like a couple of rounds later. I mean you, you're making these sorts of, of value judgments every year you go into the draft process. Now one thing that is clear at every position is that the odds of finding a great player kind of are, you know they drop the farther you go along, but uh, they drop us to, to various degrees like for example, at quarterback, there's a pretty clear demarcation point about midway through the first round where, the chances of finding some somebody dropping, And then, then can he cue the Tom Brady, Russell Wilson? Those guys are the decided exceptions to the rule. <laughs>
0: Yes, they very much are. They very much are. Next one coming in from some people. Oh, he has a second part, actually. He says, question two, there's about 12 accusations against Deshaun Watson currently by women. What impact does that have in making him the face of your franchise? I realize in the United States, people are innocent until proven guilty, but it's not a good look to have a turmoil sitting on the hill lurking over his head. Well, you're absolutely right. This is, uh, f- for me, Mace, um, this totally takes me out of the Deshaun Watson conversation until, uh, his, his, I shouldn't say his name is cleared, but until the, this is settled and you know, one way or the other. Uh, but to me, I'm not making a move for Deshaun Watson right now, the quickly in just less than a week, this has gone from, uh, you know, uh, weird situation to a pretty horrifying one i would say
1: yeah potentially i mean i'm there are things regarding tony busby the attorney in this case where i think some skepticism uh, of him specifically not the victims and the accusations but him though the skepticism there is i think justified but right now i think you just kind of put the notion of deshaun watson on ice exactly and let this play out and you know what if you get to the draft and things fall right whether it's standing pat or trading up if you if you love trey lance and he ends up being there at nine or you can have a reasonable cost to move up if you, if you or actually if you love him i want to say not like if you love him then I think you go ahead and do that. I think that ends up being the play here. Uh, you, you don't wait. You just go ahead and, and take care of that business.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, y- You're right. You put it on ice. And uh, Ian Rappaport was on the Pat McAfee show, I believe just yesterday on Monday. And he said that, you know, five teams are still interested. At least five teams are still calling about Deshaun Watson. And that that blew me away um, be, just because of how serious these accusations are. And, yes, they are still accusations right now. Uh, the NFL is looking into it. I imagine Houston police will start looking into it, or I think they already are looking into it um, because these cases are, in, are civil right now. Um, and, Mace, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, sooner rather than later – the NFL takes this into their hands and, and puts Deshaun on the commissioner's exempt list just so that, you know, they take him off the table to be traded in, in anywhere right now. But, uh, yeah, the, it's a very weird, strange, sad situation, depending on, you know, what what ends up coming out about this. But for me, he's off the table. I'm not making a move for him at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, we live in a different world now than we did a week ago. Yes, we do. Regarding we really Deshaun do. Watson, I yeah, mean, we I haven't
0: think, we haven't been talking about him in the first segment, have we? No,
1: the roads are not leading back to the Deshaun Watson anymore. I I don't think, and uh, you know, it's interesting that all the you know the, the timing is certainly interesting, and mm-hmm. uh, again, I don't have you know this isn't about the the accusations. Uh, my skepticism is on Tony Busby specifically, and and this coming up, and uh, and the, and the timing behind it, but. Yeah. I think just you have to just kind of remove yourself from the discussions the commissioner's exempt list is interesting because typically speaking we don't see people go on that unless there's some evidence there like uh i think greg hardy went on the commissioner's exempt list when there was kind of some pictures of that you know armament that turned out he had that he had sitting in his in his place in charlotte and um is is there enough to where they go ahead and put him on the exempt list that would be I think someone would regard that as a little bit of a preemptive strike. You wonder how that would go over with the players association when right now uh, it's, you know, if they do that without having gathered information, I imagine the league's trying, you know, trying to take a look at this and see uh, because even before suspension, you'd want to have something you know, you'd want to sort of have documentation and clear and convincing evidence that some malfeasance happened before he went on the exemplist. So. Right if the, if the league did, then definitely you'd kind of be like, okay, I'm pulling back here. Right. Uh, And and this, and this is why you just, I think you think you think draft now and uh, you think cost control now.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. W- wraps, you know, all roads now lead back to maybe cost controlled quarterback. And you know, that's drew lock. He's a cost control quarterback. It's also a first round quarterback that's cost controlled as well. So as of now, all roads lead to cost controlled, but man, Mace that's going to make for a lot of drinking on these uh, early morning. Oh my pods. gosh! <laughs> <laughs> next yeah. one coming in from some people call me the space cowboy, which of these remaining free agents, would you rather see in orange and blue next season assuming all are one year deals? Okay. Me, so I'm going to hit you with them one Kareem Jackson, two Jadavian Clowney, three Drell Casey, four Alex Smith.
1: Okay, you want to put them in order? I'd yeah, say let's do um, that. Kareem Jackson, number one. Yep, and then there's a long gap. It's like one of those things where you say, like dot, 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 <laughs> dot, yeah, and then Alex. And then I think you go Alex Smith, Drell Casey, Jadavian Clowney.
0: Oh, okay, I was going to go Jadavian Clowney second. Why is he bottom of your list?
1: I feel pretty good with Chubb and, uh, I feel, I feel good with Chubb Vaughn Miller and Malik Reed.
0: Yeah. 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 And that's, that's very fair. Um, man, just what Jadavia and could bring to that group. Um, I'm going to go him second drill, Casey, third, Alex Smith, fourth. And the reason is Mace, Alex Smith would go against that cost control. Kind of put you back into, uh, you know, what are we doing here at quarterback? Although I think, he would beat out drew Locke, So he would be an upgrade. So it's crazy to say you don't really want an upgrade at that position, but I think just with his age, that's where you'd be.
1: You know, with Jadevian Clowney, the last uh, two seasons, 21 games played three sacks.
0: Wow. Well, that is very not impressive. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, yeah, I remember seeing him in high school. He's as impressive a high school players ever seen when he played uh, down in Rock Hill, South Carolina, but And I was was in the Carolinas at the time, but yeah, I I don't, I don't think he's worth a big deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That that's very fair. And I would only do him for a one-year deal. That's for sure. He goes on and says another round of what's more likely. Okay. Mace two, two scenarios. What's more likely Von Miller returns to form and gets 15 sacks or Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton both hit 1000 receiving yards.
1: Number one, I think Von Miller okay. getting 15s is more likely. The problem with Judy and Sutton both hitting a thousand yards, it's not that they're not good enough. It's are there enough targets and opportunities to go around?
0: Okay. And that's fair. I totally see where you're coming from, but I'm going number two um, mm-hmm. because I think those guys are going to absolutely dominate the Broncos wide receivers uh, room. And I think that th- I, I'm actually predicting that they both have a thousand mm-hmm. yards this season. Um, I really liked for w- what I saw from Jerry Judy toward the end of the season last year, excluding the game where he had a lot of drops. And I think court and Sutton will bounce back. So I'm going there and Mace, the reason why I'm kind of shying away from Vaughn, We've only seen him have 15 sacks or more once. And it was when he had 18 and a half back in 2012. Uh, A a really good season for him in the past has been 14 sacks where he's hit 14 a couple of times. I think he's hit 14 and a half once, but uh, Mm -hmm. he's only hit 15 once. And I just don't think coming off an eight sack season, coming off an injury that I wouldn't put my money on that one. But I love these what's more likely. But the reason why I would is that
1: that 14 and a half sack season, the second best of his career was the only full season he played with Bradley Chubb. So if he's in great shape and he gets Chubb on the opposite side for an entire season with when Chubb has already proven his own bona fides as a pass rusher and thus is going to attract attention. Doesn't that play in line with Von Miller pushing that a half sack higher to 15.
0: It could. Yeah, it definitely could. It definitely could. That, that's that's sort of so. my you rationale. Hope that's there.
1: how it, uh, how it shakes out. Uh, I, I certainly hope it is for the Broncos sake as well. Casper fellas. Do you see Fangio being able to get an extension if the team is under 500, but once again, hit by the injury bug.
0: Oh man. Um, not an extension. No, he, he's not getting an extension. I Mace mean, isn't his contract a four year deal.
1: Yeah. Four, four years. And there, you know, there may even be an option for a fifth year in there, but, um, yeah, I can't see an extension for Vic no. Fangio. So, yes, he'd, he'd basically be in a contract year if you did bring him back in right. 2022. Um, I think and, you and I were both tagged on something on Twitter yesterday about uh, you know the notion of Vic Fangio not being on the hot seat. And I think we both agree he's not on the hot seat. But what I responded was by saying, if I'm Vic, I don't want to – go 0-3 to start the season.
0: yeah.
1: Because if there's another slow start, yeah, George Payton has a lot of confidence in Vic Fangio. And I think he enjoys working with Vic Fangio. But the court of public opinion is going to weigh in if this Bronco team starts 0-3. And that court is going to be angry with the Broncos and probably angry with Vic Fangio. And ultimately on a coach... If Joe, you know, Joe, assuming Joe Ellis is still running the show, if the team is 0-3 and it doesn't get out of that, and it doesn't get out of that and finishes, say, 7-10 or 8-9 or whatever, Joe Ellis is probably making the call, not George page
0: hmm that's a it's a really good point there mace next one coming in from going Hamler. as a virginia tech alum during the kyle fuller years i couldn't be happier to have him on our team before this all went down i was excited at the prospect of drafting farley but i feel like this was a smarter move by peyton and gang to stay on the vt train i've got a trivia question for you guys can you name the last hokey drafted by the broncos he leaves the answer below and i've already seen but i will give this to you going Hamler. i would have no idea mace have you seen it uh, no, oh, um, this could be a good hang This could be a on, good hang, stump on, hang on. All right, he's thinking, he's thinking. Eyes All are right, closed. Tech, tech, tech. <laughs> if you can't <laughs> get it, I'll give
1: hang, you on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I his name, I'm. I'm trying to think of his name.
0: <laughs> he's gonna get it
1: 2013 class, right?
0: Oh, my goodness, yep. <laughs> Vincent Painter. Hey, there it is. <laughs> Took wow. a while. Took a while. Took <laughs> wow. a while. Did you just open up those encyclopedias in your head and start going through?
1: I was just going back to Bronco rosters in my head. That's all I was doing. And yeah, that actually brings back some memories because Vincent Painter is the classic day three flyer because the, the film wasn't great at tech, incredibly raw but he tested really well at the combine. So uh, those are the kind of the, the guys you roll. You, you take the dice rolls on in the, the con, in the draft on day three guys who test well, but didn't have great film or guys who had great film, but horrible numbers testing painter didn't work out that 2013 class. Fair to say probably the not probably fair to say the worst of the John Elway era. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Yes. Yes, definitely. But it was
1: a bad draft class for a lot of teams.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Man, Mace, by, the, I can't, by the way. I can't yeah. You got Vincent Painter. Oh. Uh, Vincent no, Painter. Yeah. And now I'm looking
1: up on my screen at Rondale Moore, the Purdue, Purdue wide receiver, that apparently the Broncos have had some interest in. They, they're interviewing Rondale Moore on NFL Network right now.
0: Well, and so. Rondell Moore has absolutely been tearing it up at yes, his he pro has. day today. Didn't he run a four two eight or something? Yeah.
1: Five Ooh. foot seven. So he's short but he's got speed for
0: days man he does have speed for days and and May speaking of some news really quick Broncos have released Nick vanette not a surprise they free mm-hmm. up two six. Uh, $2.6 million, only eat $875,000 in dead cap. So it was a move that was expected. It's official now. Broncos have even more cap space now. And also Mace, I think this is a good sign for Albert Okuwebunam's recovery. Uh, maybe it shows that the Broncos are confident that, that he's going to be healthy this year.
1: Yeah, of course, Albert O has got to come a long way as a blocker. And that's, that's sort of a, a, uh the thing that you end up discussing right away with Alberto Kwebunam is that, uh, that Mizzou did not ask him to block. And he is at a relatively low stage of, of development there. Um, Austin Ford is somebody to kind of keep your eye on. Of course, he's coming off all, all of the knee problems of the last couple of years, but it does say something about Albert Alberto. I do wonder also if you, may be looking at at least in the interim bringing back uh, Troy Fumagalli who uh, you didn't put a tender on but maybe you get back at, at a relatively a, a relatively cheap deal just to just to provide some depth and certainly I think this also brings the Broncos in, into the conversation uh, as you get into day three of the draft for a blocking type of tight end uh, you don't pick that guy on day one you don't do or day, day one or day two you don't do the uh You don't do the Richard Quinn thing over again, but do you pick a, a kind of a physical tight end as you, get into, uh, as you get into day three, I think that's something that would make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, that's, that certainly would make sense. I could see that, Mace, for sure. Next one coming in from Mike1809. Hey, hey, my guys. We made it past Monday. Let's go. I know that the consensus is that getting a running back in round one is generally a bad move, but the conversation about trading back twice and getting Najee Harris at the end of the first is really intriguing to me. If – He's elite when a team has a premier and healthy running back. It's such a huge difference maker, especially if that running back is a, is young and cheap. So how do you think Najee stacks up at the real elites of the running back position today? Do you think he could be a feature back like Dalvin cook, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, C-Mac or Saquon? If so, I'm on board for getting an elite round one running back while collecting draft capital for next year. Call me crazy. Well, I think uh, as a
1: rookie, if you're looking for for a comparison. I wouldn't go uh, with those guys. I would take a look at Jonathan Taylor last year uh, who went to Indianapolis in the second round and did so with kind of a similar resume to Najee Harris as in being a guy who was fairly advanced as a pass catcher. I think that's something that's really key in looking at Najee Harris and what he brings is a, what he is as a pass catcher. Now, it took a while for Jonathan Taylor to start cooking, but uh, when he did, you go through his last, uh, you go through the, the the last six games he had in the regular season. And uh, then in the playoffs, uh, he, his last six regular season games, he goes for uh, in terms of, in terms of, in terms of yards from, from scrimmage, he has 134. Um, let's see here. Uh, 90, let's see. 91 plus 44, a hundred, hundred did I add that right? Oh, my bad. 114, 135, 165, 95, 74, and then 254. And then uh, in, in the in the playoffs, has another uh, a 70, has another 84 yards from scrimmage in that in the, in the playoff loss uh, that the Colts had to the Bills. So he became a very productive back down the stretch. And I think that's something you could expect from Najee Harris in year one. And that's why I think you you think long and hard about it if you're able to trade down to where the value is right in the 20s.
0: Yeah, I think so too, Mason. I do think he's a guy that can be elite. Macy he, ha- he has it all. He has all the physical attributes that you want in a running back. He's got the size to be a-, a guy that's healthy in the NFL. And he, he also has the vision. I mean, when you watch him play at Alabama, I love the way he runs. He also has some patience to his game, which I absolutely love. So yeah, I think he can be an elite running back. And remember uh, while some of these guys went in the top five, I should actually just say Saquon one went in the went in the top five another guy is uh Ezekiel Elliott went in the top five these other guys didn't C-Mac was a first round pick but not top five top five Alvin Kamara not a first round pick Derrick Henry not a first round pick Dalvin Cook not a first round pick so heck maybe Najee falls to the beginning of the second round you trade up uh into the second round to get him man I I'd be down with that
1: yeah I don't think he falls in around two the way things are, are projecting. I think if you, if you want to make sure you get Najee Harris, you probably better do that by a twenties, maybe even earlier. There's some buzz around him. Yeah. That's really should be. That's, that's pushing forward and saying, all right, sorry. All right. He can come in and help you right away. He's Najee Harris is going to make your team better. The moment he walks in mm-hmm. and he's a day one starter. And when you start thinking about uh, of the draft and saying, all right, do we need somebody who's going to help us right away? Nike Harris is that guy who can help you right away.
0: Yeah, he certainly is. Next, or Mike has another one. He says, sorry, one more quick question. What do you think our chances of getting Kareem Jackson back are? Watching that guy light people up last year was awe-inspiring. He's a freak. Could this be a situation like Shelby Harris of last year, letting him test the market and then re-signing him at a lower price tag? I'd be so pumped to get that guy back. I think it is something that the Broncos could absolutely uh, do, and and there has been uh, some ties there. I wouldn't be shocked if this is something that does happen. It's just a little different than the Shelby Harris situation because Shelby was a free agent last year. He just hit the open market as a free agent. The Broncos actually declined Kareem Jackson's option, so it would be different. Uh, And maybe instead of just a one-year, three-million-dollar deal that Shelby got last year, maybe we're talking about a legitimate contract, but it's just less than Kareem was supposed to make. Maybe it's two years. Here's 14 million.
1: Yeah, that's, I think that's pretty fair. Do you want Kareem Jackson on a two-year deal or do you want him on a one-year deal? And that's where you start talking about the the draft and overall roster construction. And I think the thing that works best for the Broncos, considering you have a big number coming in on Justin Simmons in 2022, what works best for the Broncos is Kareem Jackson on a one-year deal if you can get him back. And then you draft the safety and the plan is, that whoever you draft becomes a safety playing alongside Justin Simmons in 2022.
0: So you're going Kareem one year, seven mil.
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. I, I, I don't, if I give him a two year deal, it's only just in case I don't get a safety and it's a two year deal that basically in terms of contract construction is a one year deal.
0: Fair, fair. And I was going to say, I'll give him two years, 14 mil, 10 million guaranteed. I'm paying him seven mil this year. Uh, and then if he hits a wall at the end of the season, I don't think he can be good next year. I'll have $3 million in dead cap, but I, I do trust Kareem for two more seasons, but I totally yeah. see where you're coming with one year.
1: By the way, I was watching Mac Jones run his 40.
0: Oh my gosh. How good did he look?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, I didn't speed. Well, here's the thing. I don't have the sound because we're doing the podcast, so I can't uh, I can't tell you what time he had. Um, You know, there are <laughs> Matt Jones, is a lot of things, uber athletic relative to other incoming NFL players is not one of them.
0: That's,
1: <laughs> well, that's a nice way to put it, Mace. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. She can run again. Oh, false start for Mac Jones. Oh no. In his second 40 time. He's got kind of a smile on his face after the false
0: start. <laughs> As he knows, uh, he's not going to be drafted yeah. based off his 40 time.
1: No, he's not. That's <laughs> that's, <laughs> uh, that's the whole thing right there, right? Let me just, actually, I want to see if someone posted the 40 time on Twitter. Mac Jones, forty. Do, 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 oh, do, I bet. Do, 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 do. Um. Oh, it's just people predicting the Mac Jones 40 time. So we oh haven't my seen gosh. that yet. They better all be under five.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, man. Well, here we go. And he's off and running. Uh, ooh, it looks like a little bit better start than the last time. Pump those legs, Mac. Pump them, pump them. And there he's we, through.
0: There we go, baby.
1: <laughs> Let me guess. Four, three, eight. No, we haven't. Well, no, they, 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 it takes some time to get the official numbers, unfortunately, but,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> Hey, I mean, he, he, he looks like, you know what? It's funny. You see his body, you see him move. He looks like a 30, 36 year old quarterback.
0: <laughs> well, Hey, 43 year old quarterbacks are winning
1: exactly we are in an era where you know some of the best quarterbacks are 37 and 43 and we just had a 41 a year old retire so that's not a bad thing
0: so he's yeah Maybe. he he is the guy that the Broncos need this year very clear now oh my, <laughs> yeah you, you get all the benefits and and
1: thing and and uh issues of an old quarterback at
0: uh <laughs> at about
1: 15 percent of the cost
0: exactly now I, I know like what it. you're thinking Zach now I I'm, like now I'm it. starting
1: to just to to see what you're uh, what you're viewing here. By the way, <laughs> also a little bit of news here. Then not as big as uh, as uh, Nick Vanette. Um, Isaiah McKenzie re-signed with the Buffalo Bills. Familiar name. It's Bronco yes. fans.
0: Yes, and
1: a guy that they found a way to use properly. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, one thing going forward that we see about the Broncos is they use their players properly and uh, maximize what their skill sets are rather than what they are not.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, Mace. You're exactly right. Next one coming in from Ozzy wants the stash. Okay, I'm committing to my top quarterback rankings after much studying. One, Trevor Lawrence, generational talent, ceiling, the best quarterback in the game floor, top 10 quarterback, best talent coming out since Peyton Manning. Two, Zach Wilson, clearly number two for me, ceiling, top five quarterback, floor, top 15 quarterback, has some homes like athleticism. Three, Trey Lance, great skills and athletic ability, limited tape, ceiling, top five quarterback, floor, can't keep starting job once he has it. He's a true boomer bust quarterback. Four, Justin Fields, great talent and accuracy. Holds the ball too long and will take too many sacks if it isn't fixed. Ceiling, top 10 quarterback, floor, journeyman starter. Five. Mac Jones, great mind, borderline arm strength, ceiling, top 10 quarterback, floor, backup quarterback. Let's say the Broncos are on the clock and Lance Fields and Jones are all available. Are you going quarter and you are going quarterback? Which one would you take? Fields. Fields is your one, huh? Or oh, my yeah. Actually, no, my I
1: meant Lance. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lance? Yeah, that, that that's what I, I'm I thought. I'm taking
0: Lance. I'm taking
1: Lance. It, it, and actually for me, it's it's still Lance Fields. Jones is uh three, four, five on that list. I actually agree with Ozzy he wants to stash his list here completely.
0: For me, Mace, it that's is the order. It is Lance and Jones are I mean neck and neck right now. Uh, and that that's a testament to, to what Trey Lance has done. Nothing against Mac there. And Fields is behind those guys. Um, man, Mace, I'm at the point where I like all of these guys. I, I really do. Of course, I, I like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Um, but I, yeah. of course, really love Mac Jones. I really like Trey Lance and his potential. And I also really like Justin Fields. I think I feel like he's sliding a lot right now, but he's a good quarterback. I would take any of these guys at nine. And Mace, that's kind yeah. of my plan for the Broncos right now. If I was George Payton, if I fell in love with one of these guys, which could very well happen with Trey Lance, then I'm trading up to get him. But let's say that I I I like all of them personally. Yeah. I, I really like all of them. I'm sitting at nine and seeing which one falls to me and taking them. I mean, That's I still, I, I'm not letting yeah. one of these guys get past me.
1: I still like Sam Howell better than any quarterback, not named Trevor Lawrence in okay. this draft class. Let me make this clear, but you have to think in terms of where you're picking now and where you expect to pick next year. And, and I say, you know, just because I have Justin Fields down you know, below Trey Lance doesn't mean I'm not taking Justin Fields. Like they, they all have something you like. Like, and I think Ozzy wants to stash make, make said perfectly that th- there's an issue with Justin Fields kind of pocket uh, presence and he, he will hold it too long, but on the positive side, he's one of the toughest people I've ever seen at the quarterback position. Right. Fields scores really highly on the will guys will go to battle with him metric. If that were such a thing. Yes. More and more, I'm thinking, give me a quarterback, one of these five guys, period. Yep. Yep. Because, I, yeah, if I'm the Broncos, I don't expect to be picking uh, anywhere near the top. The Broncos should, especially after the Kyle Fuller move, the Broncos should expect to be a playoff team this year. And that means that if you go quarterback next year, you're not talking about QB1. You might be talking about QB3 or 4. Yeah, even with a trade up. Right. Exactly. It's a lot easier to trade up from where you are or say that a quarterback falls to number nine. And so I wonder if this is something George Payton is thinking about, too, what the expectations are for this team and its draft slot next year.
0: I hope so, and, and I would think that George Payton—he's a guy that has, you know, planned A through Z. That this would be that—that that he would think all the way through this. So that would be that would be the wise move, and that's why I, that's why for me, if I'm leading the Broncos, it's quarterback round one, pretty much without a doubt, right now. Yeah, yeah, it's one. It does. it is. Oh, sorry, May's Next one from T Revit Up Broncos. Uh, hey, guys, answer me this. Who gets number 23 jersey this year? Ojemudia, Darby, or Fuller? All three were rocking it last year. Shoot, Darby has probably already made a cash offer, LOL. P.S. Stay on the lock bandwagon, guys. It's going to get awkwardly crowded when he tears it up next season. So excited about this season. Oh, boy. T Revit Up probably doesn't like that we're, gonna, we're both going quarterback round one. Well, I'm okay with it because if Drew Locke ends up
1: beating out a young quarterback and keeping the job and doing well, you trade the surplus.
0: Yeah. And that's a, a don't good thing. Be a,
1: don't be afraid of doing that. You have to, maybe you're overcommitting the quarterback, but that's okay. Trade the surplus quarterback. Now we saw way back in San Diego after the 2005 season, they let go of Drew Brees when his contract expired and they kept Philip Rivers. Turned out that was choosing between two great quarterbacks,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: Don't be afraid of that type of scenario. And don't, if if Drew Locke shows he's the guy, even if you pick a younger quarterback, don't be afraid to trade the younger quarterback if Drew Locke proves he's the guy. But yeah, I would rather have two arrows in my quiver than one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, and Mace, the Mac Jones 40 time came out for eight six baby That hey! is fast i love it <laughs> oh that that looks like that was from one scout's watch so oh, okay um, oh so it's not official of yeah, course we not don't, not official we, we'll,
1: we we'll wait have for the, the official
0: word to come yeah out. we
1: don't have the uh the standardized times of um the combine that's that that's one thing that really hurts us this year i think is because you can't you can't have a standardized number because you do have, you do have um, uh, different tracks, different speeds, that sort of thing. So you kind of turn, you, t- you can have your head turned, but you also are like, well, you know, are, are they really, you know, are, are they really that fast? That sort of thing. What I'd like to do is, um, let's see here. There's a combine finder over at pro football reference here if he if it's a 486 and again i know we it's not a it's not necessarily apples to apples because it's not the same track but a 486 40 time well for a quarterback well what would that mean let's see where that puts him here as we get i'm about to get the the figures here dun 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 486 all right we are now in that territory Ryan Lindley had a 486 <laughs> oh paxton
0: gosh. lynch at a 486 <laughs> oh, well hey wait 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 this is good then because paxton was the athletic one Zach jones has his athleticness i like that
1: other <laughs> quarterbacks that are in that general range baker mayfield has got some wheels right he okay. can get he can get yards on the ground Four eight four, so he's right I there with Baker Mayfield. I love it. Sam dude. Darnold, Sam Darnold, who had his run to daylight in Week Four last year against the Broncos, four eight five. And so, if this yeah. four eight six time is legit, then Matt Jones is right there with a guy who ran straight through the Broncos D. For a touchdown, I love this. I love this.
2: Everything's Mac coming up, today. Athletic.
1: Is, <laughs> everything's coming up. Mac and Zach today. This is, oh, this is great. Oh. This is
0: fantastic. I love it, Mac. Thanks for putting on a show. Woo. I love it.
1: <laughs> oh, man, oh man alive! But yeah, the Paxton Lynch thing does scare me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's fun i love it next one from the danimal t-shirt idea since zach mentioned getting a shelby t-shirt going shelby is in the end zone lined up across from big ben with a volleyball net at the one yard line and shelby is spiking the ball back in ben's face make it happen danimal oh man too bad this isn't uh oh. like a divisional opponent i feel like yeah
1: i feel like shelby's a
0: guy that we
1: need to find a way to do a shirt for
0: yeah oh yeah Man, him him rocking one of our shirts. I can see it.
1: Oh my gosh, that would be fun. Yeah, and there's so many possibilities as well. I mean, shoot, just his smiling face is a possibility. <laughs> Shelby <laughs> yes. might, Shelby might have the Shelby like Shelby might have the most uh, infectious smile on the team.
0: Oh yeah, I agree with you. I definitely agree.
1: It, there's just something like if he smiles it, he you smile with him uh, I'm, I mean I'm I'm kind of sorry that I asked him a question that you know had him crying on you know on Friday but yeah that I was mean, a good one it was a good question but I kind of felt <laughs> I kind of felt bad for me for uh, you cry you don't even crying. I, I kind of felt bad for making him cry again but then I asked him about his short ribs and that got that got him back to a a, a smile and laughter again. So that, that
0: was okay. Yes, it did. And May, <laughs> speaking of short ribs, got to tell you guys about guys about our friends over at Hassel Cattle Company because they have damn good beef. Hassel Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassel Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the United States of America, and they call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu because it's the best damn wagyu that every person can afford Hassel cattle company offers wagyu smoked sausage new york strip beef bacon wagyu frank without any fillers and my favorite the two jerky flavors original and the sweet and spicy is so good their hamburger won food network's northeast burger jam and not only do we love their beef the country loves their beef they take their Angus cows with them all across the country, giving you very high prime products that's grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10, 10% off your order, In any over over t- any order over $200, you get free shipping with. So check them out, and we'll promise you it won't disappoint over at HassleCattleCompany.com. I want
1: to also tell you about Green Roads. You probably know that DNVR is a huge supporter of CBD. And as a consumer, you must find the product that works best for you. Green Roads hooked DNVR up with some incredible products. And we want to share uh, our experiences with you and let you know about the products from Green Roads. They have 30, as Zach mentioned earlier today, 30,000 five-star reviews. And if you want to get 20% off your entire purchase, use that magical code dnbr 20 there are all sorts of things from green roads first of all it's the number one privately held cbd company in the u.s by market share award-winning products they've got an abundant selection of oils topicals edibles beverages and more they've got cbd capsules which will help you sleep you know, cbd gummies they relax bears they're, they're tasty and they'll help you wind down cbd bath bombs soft gels and full spectrum of Full spectrum oil for all your needs. So try their products, check them out, use that code DNVR20 for 20% off. Of course, CBD in general promotes a sense of relaxation, enhances physical and mental well-being, will calm you, can help focus you with that sense of calm, help support management of stresses. And of course, because it's CBD, it doesn't, it's it has the benefits of marijuana without all the psychotropic effects that, and all the downsides that you may not want to have. And you should check out our friends over at Green Roads and get 20% off with your ma- that magical code DNBR20. Also want to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. And of course, you're talking CBD, you're talking Strava Craft Coffee too. And guess what? You can get 25% off use that code dmvr25 maybe you've ordered from strava craft coffee and use the magical code dmvr20 well now crank it up by five percentage points to 25 percent and try some of the delicious strava craft coffee they can of course cbd can help you with so many things like i mentioned earlier it can help you with chronic headaches it's helped me with some of the headaches over the years but Strava Craft Coffee is also making it easier for you to get 20% off forever. Now, you can get that one-time code DMVR25, 25% off. But if you subscribe to, to Strava Craft Coffee, you get 20% off Strava for life. You'd never have to put your info in again. You're just good to go. And guess what? You can subscribe and get your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. So you get on a regular schedule. You get it coming in. You know it's going to be there. And you're gonna have what you need, and of course, you can get it in very you get Strava Craft Coffee. I believe it also comes in K cups as well. If you want something really convenient, so check out Strava Craft Coffee. Remember, DnDR20 for 25% off, or subscribing get 20% off for every order you ever make over at Strava Craft
0: Coffee. Sounds delicious, Mace. All right, next one coming in from Mark IT Snatch. Hey, guys. Today we look at the Detroit Lions. There's been an interesting, if not odd, history between Denver and Detroit. Denver shut out the Lions back in 87. Both teams have had blowout wins. Akeep Talib tried his hand at... at optometry at Ford field, but was that the greatest game? The Bucks and lions have a much more storied history. And as they, as are once division rivals, Tampa Bay has even a playoff win against Detroit and a long line of teams, snuffing out the lion's hopes of reaching the super bowl. What was your favorite Mace? All right. The
1: best Bronco lions game is actually not a regular season game. It's oh. a preseason game oh. in 1967 with the merger coming three years later between the American football league and the NFL, the Broncos played the lions at DU and Alex Karras, great defensive lineman for the lions said that if the Broncos beat the lions, he would walk back home to Detroit.
0: <laughs>
1: Final score Broncos 13 lions seven. For the legitimacy of the Broncos, even though it was just preseason, that was a significant result, beating an NFL team even in the preseason. Of course, 1967 was also the year. The late Floyd Little was drafted by the Broncos. It was a big year in legitimizing them, the, the team as an NF, as a potential NFL franchise, as something that was stable. Fan support was increasing. This raised eyebrows and by the way Alex Karras did not live up to his promise he took the team charter back home to the Motor City but that's the one that stands out between the Broncos and Lions is that preseason game in 1967 it's pro, I think it's not probably definitely the most significant preseason game in the history of the Broncos
0: wow I, I love that Mace what a what a story that's a yeah. story you can only find from uh, Andrew Mason uh it's, I think it's also
1: it's also in my book, Tales from the Denver Broncos sideline, available <laughs> at Barnes and Noble on Amazon and wherever you find uh, books online. Mark It Snash also said Bucks Lions, yes, much more storied history and a lot of games played twice a year for you know for uh, twenty five years until the NFC Central broke up with the realignment. Uh, you mentioned the playoff game. And by the way, former Broncos executive Matt Russell played in that playoff game for Detroit. Detroit lost 20 to 10. The Bronco or the Bucks shut down Barry Sanders in the wild card round. You know, that one is significant, but the one I'm going to give the nod to for Broncos Lions is Week 16, 1981. The Bucks and Lions play in a winner take all showdown to decide the NFC Central champion. At the Silverdome, both teams eight and seven, and that's a game where the Bucks get two huge plays. They get an eighty-four-yard touchdown pass from Doug Williams to Kevin House down the right sideline, and then in the fourth quarter, Bucks are up three. That Bucks, great Bucks defense is on the field, and. Not Dave Logan, but David Logan. There was another, you know, we all know Dave Logan here, but at roughly the same time, the Bucks had a very good nose tackle named David Logan out of Pittsburgh. And he he picks off, he he gets a fumble out of midair and rumbles 21 yards for a score. That puts the Bucks up 20 to 10. They end up hanging on to win. 20 to 17, a late interception allows the Bucks to seal that game and get their second division title in three years over the Detroit Lions. So yeah, that's the one that jumps out. And by the way, another interesting thing is that a year later, when they met, the Bucks trying to stay alive in the playoff race, and they get a I believe it was an, I want to say it was an overtime no last second win, but my bad, not overtime over Detroit lions, 23, 21 to keep their postseason hopes alive. So a lot of thrilling games between the bucks and the lions back uh, for a time, including those games back in the early 1980s, but 1981 is the one that jumps out the buck winning a division in week 16 on the road in a winner take all game. That's
0: tough to top. Yeah. Yeah. That that's about as good as it gets mace. I agree. Uh, those are fun. <laughs> It, they are fun. T rev up. Broncos is jumping back here, guys, about the 23 Jersey. You can add boon to that list as well. He might take it with the guns. He's touting. LOL. Uh, do you think they
1: just either they, they do a rock, paper, scissors thing for, it, or do you think this ends up being that the, the guy with the most experience ends up taking the Jersey and that would be Kyle fuller.
0: Yeah. The guy with the most experience, the guy with, uh, with the most all pros and pro bowls or, Do they do it by money? Then it would be uh, Ronald Darby, not only in total money because he's got $30 million, but you also have the $10 million salary compared to uh, Kyle Fuller's $9.5 million. Why do I think we're going to be
1: talking a lot about how Kyle Fuller isn't making as much as Ronald Darby this year?
0: Oh, we will. We, we're going to be and, and because you know what it's going to, it's going to come down to playmakers and yeah. Ronald Darby just is not a guy that makes that, that gets interceptions, but that's exactly what Kyle Fuller is.
1: Yeah. It, it doesn't mean that Ronald Darby isn't going to be worth the cost, but Kyle Fuller is going to be a bargain and it's just because of how the market went and when he had, and by the way, that is why you release a player early. If you know, you're going to do it because then if you do it later, like the bears did, the market settles and uh, he ends up getting less than market value because I think Kyle Fuller would have been worth more than Ronald Darby if both have been available at the same time.
0: Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with you, Mace. Farm or Minshew? Is that? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I like yep. that one. I
1: th- or is it? I, I almost said like or Farm, <laughs> Farm OR, like operating
0: your mission. Farm Oregon m- m- Minshew?
1: Maybe. I don't know. I- I- but it's a fun name and I like it fellas a few months ago y'all were touting chris sims ability to rank qb classes but as far as i know you haven't mentioned his rankings for 2021 just wondering how you feel about Sims' ranking this year zach wilson trevor lawrence mac jones kellen mong justin fields trey lance in that order if sims the lessers as good as you've said he is at his, as he is at picking quarterbacks would zach be right in saying big mac is the best available qb for pick nine if nothing else wouldn't he be trade bait for dak well I, th- I think we have talked about Chris Sims's rankings, right? We have, we have, point. yeah, a
0: couple of weeks ago. Yes, and well, I was all about him, loved him, of, of course, course, with Mac did. being three.
1: Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing, though, and I think it's kind of a catch on this, he did say that he felt there were six first-round worthy quarterbacks. Right. So he was still putting Trey Lance in round one. I think there is justifiable skepticism over the lack of experience. And that's why Trey Lance becomes in as the boom or bust guy. The one thing I can say is I'm trying really hard to see what Chris Sims gets out of Kellen Mond gone back and watched him. I'm not there with Kellen Mond right now.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not either. And that, uh, yeah, I would way rather have Trey Lance over him. That's for sure. And Justin Fields. I think, I think
1: Lance has a high, a much higher ceiling than Kellen Mond.
0: I think so, too. I watched a couple of games of Kellen Mond, and I just wasn't i wasn't blown away. Um, I think he was fine, but I was not blown away as a top-ten mm-hmm. pick.
1: Yeah, I wasn't either. Dan Burke. Hey, guys, what is y'all's take on the Chiefs striking out on at least three free agents this year? So far, Trent Williams, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Josh Reynolds have turned down the Chiefs to play with other teams. Coming into this free agency period, there were some thoughts that super teams be formed, and players be running to take one-year deals with teams like the Chiefs, but that hasn't been the case, even though they've been trying. Now, I'm not going to act like the Chiefs are finishing. They're still going to be a great team this year, but they all think the performance in the Super Bowl has dulled their shine. Oh, and also, Dan says he wants to extend his condolences to everyone affected by the shooting in Boulder yesterday.
0: Yeah, very good sentiment there, Dan. We really appreciate that, and I'm sure uh, everyone does as well. Um, In terms of... uh, the Chiefs, I don't think the Super Bowl has has ruined their shine at all. In fact, they've still got some big free agents that have landed with them. But you're right. They have missed out on some guys. Um, I My guess is Trent Williams wasn't offered the same money by um, by Kansas City as what he got, $23 million a year out in San Francisco. But it was interesting that Juju decided to go back uh, to the Steelers for less money than the Chiefs were offering him. That that was a slap in the face to the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, this obviously, the market isn't over quite yet. Um, you still got Alejandro Villanueva sitting out there, right?
0: Oh, do you?
1: Yeah. I wonder if the chiefs would make a play for him. Now the I interesting that for the sure. interesting thing with Villanueva is um, there is an alternate reality in which the Broncos don't get a deal done with Garrett Bowles and they're bringing in Villanueva, who, who of course blossomed under Mike Munchak in Pittsburgh, but that's not on the table as well. Although, you know, maybe, you know, if you didn't have Jawan James's contract, maybe you'd say, "Oh, let's uh, bring Villanueva in and move him to right tackle."
0: <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: big fan. Big fan of Villanueva.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, a good guy and a good player Ooh. as well. Yes. Next one from L D J. He says, "So when I heard about Elijah McClain last year, as an African American man, I identified with him. I've been a young kid minding my business, walking home, and stopped by police, and and it and." and Um, interrogated because I fit a profile and then able to go home under the merit of just want to make sure you're okay. When I saw and was listening to the news about Boulder, I'm hearing Broncos fans, I'm seeing people give interviews wearing Broncos caps, and I start to identify with it. I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired because the irony is the repre- is the representation of the third district, which is really close to Boulder's second district, doesn't think there should be deeper background checks, something that's approved by well over 70% of all Americans, and she promotes weapons as a, nece- as a necessity, and look what's happening, you can't go to the grocery store if you can't be safe while getting a massage, while having Bible study at church, while getting something to eat where you can buy or where you can be safe. You blow out darkness with light. You kill fear with love. You make less guns as easily accessible as. Accessible, Maybe not the best solution, but try and see what happens. Because this stuff only happens here, and I'm damn sure tired of it happening in Colorado. If you can't be safe at the grocery store, can can I be safe at a tailgate before the game later this year? I live in California. Gun laws are stricter. Mass shootings are scarce. But the 3rd District Congresswoman is disgusting and a microcosm of the problem. Sorry to get political, but I mean she insists on being a walking gun advertiser and look what happened in her city and her st- or in a city in her state that she represents it's disgusting my prayers are with broncos country and with boulder and that grocery store and officer and his children like damn somebody please find the answers please
1: yeah well unfortunately i think uh maybe i'm at a point of futility with it but um we've we've proven as a society that we're not, that. Uh, the answers aren't going to come from uh, politicians and ultimately the pop but ultimately we as people choose the politicians so this is why i say when it comes right down to it it's on us as a society and if you want something done about it then you start electing people who will actually do something about this because something is better than nothing and what we've had done is nothing yeah. i'm sitting i'm right now i'm looking at a there's a, a list of mass shootings it's basically a, a list of uh, uh mass shootings that have double that have uh double digit uh, f- deaths and uh and there's there's boulder king supers right there and it's you know there's aurora nine years ago and there's columbine tw- in 1999 and uh you know they but they happen all over it's not just a Colorado thing happened you know there was one in California three years ago in Thousand Oaks California there's of course the the Las Vegas shooting back in 2017 you know there was a San Bernardino shooting in 2015 there's there's no place to hide from this this stuff
0: yeah yeah and that's That's uh LDJ I know uh you know, a, a lot of us are, are feeling your pain. Pretty much everyone is, is feeling how you're feeling. Uh, and so, like I said earlier, this is a, a space where, where we can talk and, and you can drop mm-hmm. your comments here to talk about it. And I, I really appreciate your insight. Yep. Paul. My boys. Loving the off season covers. Thanks for
1: keeping me dialed in on my Broncos. A couple points today. First on Lindsay. I'm gutted. He's not going to be a Bronco. My mile high salute run, Phil run and Lindsey Bronco's 30 jersey will all be worn with pride. Based on the offense we are running, it was probably the right call. It can suck and be the right move at the same time. For the draft, I'm loving the idea of trading back and grabbing a running back one, either Travis Etienne from Clemson or Najee Harris from Alabama. Easy Zach, LOL. Accumulate mm-hmm. some extra draft capital and then get a safety in round two or round three. I'm wanting to add new Bronco's jersey in my lineup. now. I'm down to Simmons or Reisner. What do you think? Well, Oof. draft capital makes a lot of sense. Even though we've talked about draft quarterbacks and I think they're in play, I still think the most likely scenario is trading down, doing something like you suggest, like getting a Najee Harris later in round one and then a safety in round two, round three. And real quickly on the jersey, retired players. (laughs) Retired players. Don't go out of style. You buy a Peyton Manning jersey, you buy a Champ Bailey jersey, you buy a Steve Atwater jersey, Carl Mecklenburg, you name it. They're never going out of style. So I I compel everyone, you're going to go buy a jersey, buy a, that of a retired Bronco.
0: <laughs> and Mace, that's good advice. Um, but for this specific one, for Paul, uh, I think you got to go Simmons with the news of yesterday. You know, a second contract, highest paid safety. He's clearly in the Broncos plans. You hope that that's the case with Dalton Reisner. But with Dalton Reisner, you have to hope that he gets that second contract with Justin, you know, it's he he's locked up. uh, And if he keeps playing the way he is, he'll get a third contract here. So between those two go, Justin, next one from drew for QB. Do you guys think that even if drew plays good, I'm saying around top 10, top 16, and we make the playoffs that we would go out and try to draft a guy either to take his job and then trade drew, take a project QB to sit for a year or roll with drew. I think if that's the case, that means drew took a huge step. He, he went from being, you know, a bottom five, bottom three quarterback to an an average to above average quarterback. So I think he'd get one more year. I don't think you're giving him a contract if he's 10 to 16 after this year, but you're giving him one more year, I think.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Especially if you're closer to the 16 end of it than the 10, the 10 end of it. 16 is starting to get to the point where you're in that uh, purgatory where you may be left with a, overpaying for somebody who is not at and who is not at an elite level And that's where I think frankly you get a little bit nervous about that. The frankly, the best thing for the Broncos long term is if Drew Locke is outstanding or bad. Not in the the gray areas, I yeah. think is the worst spot to, to be in right now.
0: Yeah, it really is. (laughs) It really is. And then just like you said, Mace, you you overpay for that, a sizable amount. You're okay paying elite quarterbacks elite money. You're not okay paying non-elite quarterbacks elite money or average quarterbacks great money. That's where you get into trouble.
1: I mean, for example, let's take a look at Blake Bortles. I talked about him in 2017. Blake Bortles in 2017 was 13th in ESPN QBR. Wow.
0: Wow. And the Jags
1: decided to pay him.
0: Yeah, that's a mistake. And that was a mistake. <laughs> yes, it and, was. And
1: that's why that there's that danger zone there where, if it's me, I'm I'm not backing up the truck because it, you just don't know.
0: Yeah. And, no, I'd, I, he'd have to do it a second year, and if he does it a second year and plays kind of average still, then that's when I'm looking to find a replacement.
1: And then the Jags double down on that. In 2019, when they gave Nick Foles a big contract, yep, mistake,
0: mistake. Oh my!
1: Again, <laughs> uh, the mistake is in paying average quarterbacks big money. You mm-hmm. are, if you have an average quarterback, you are better off get, going back into the draft pool and getting a cost-controlled quarterback and developing him, rather than continuing to add to to roll with that mid-tier guy.
0: And you yeah, have to think. I, you have I to totally think about, agree.
1: And you have to think about it in those, in those types of financial terms.
0: I so agree, Mace. Next one coming in from Love Thunder Down Under. He says, Kyle Fuller, great quote. The bloke loves a chat. <laughs> Couldn't shut him up at the opening presser. Nice one. <laughs>
1: you know, isn't there, There's got to be some Austrian colloquial, colloquialism
0: for a guy who doesn't talk very much, right? It's gotta be something, yeah, yeah. I would think so. <laughs> Kyle Fuller, you can tell he's uh he's a straight business guy. He he doesn't want to mess around, keeps his shorts or maybe his shorts. Oh, easy <laughs> shorts short. I don't know, but he, he keeps his chats short. Yeah. Kyle Fuller, he's a man of few words. Any questions? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no BS in there.
1: Yep. Von Miller's chicken farm. Howdy, gents. Say the Broncos make a draft day trade and Lamb Watson. Do you trust Shermer to not call first down, second down, third down, then fourth and 12 QB sneak up the center with the game on the line. He's my most worrying Bronco for the upcoming year. Thanks for the pod, as always.
0: Yeah, I would hope not. Uh, I would certainly hope not, but we just got to see it happen. Clearly Vic Fangio and George Payton see something uh, in Pat Shermer to, uh, to, to keep him around.
1: Yeah, I would think, so. I, I would think so. And yeah, uh, Hopefully, you know, he's got a good background. He's been around guys like Andy Reid for a long time. Hopefully yep. at some point, for the Broncos' sake, hopefully at some point, Pack Shermer shows that uh, he's capable of leading more than just a pedestrian offense.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hope that's this year for Broncos' sake. Yeah. Next one coming in from Love Thunder Down Under again. He says, sorry guys, third post. To be fair, this was a repost and the or one of them was a repost and the other was short. And this one's a bit more meaningful. It was awful to hear about Boulder. It's a beautiful place with great people. And I know it's close to the hearts of a few of our DNVR crew. This is a community where we haven't need uh need afraid speaking on contentious topics where we when we believe it's right. It's unbelievable to me this topic would even be so dividing, but I know it is. So I'll say what many outside the US are saying. And I have said in the past, I don't get it. You need gun law reform desperately. The arguments I hear on this is border insanity. I don't live there. But I care about Denver, its people and its community a great deal. I don't understand how there isn't meaningful change on this. I feel for you all. And I hope some good comes something from the horrific. But haven't we said this before? They're exactly right. Left under, down under. Um, and it's kind of what Mace was talking about is just the same conversation, um, you know, years apart in Colorado. And now it seems like in our country, it's, you know, just a week apart. We have this conversation.
1: Yeah. And of course, then there's the crowd that says, well, it's too soon to discuss it. Well, when are we going to discuss it? But again, nothing happens. I am. I mean, I'm almost kind of, I'm almost jaded about it all. It's like yeah, nothing changes. And in retrospect, when we as a country didn't do anything after you had a school full of dead six and seven-year-olds because of a shooting, when we as a country decided that was okay, that the, the die was cast, I, I've got it. there's something deeply wrong with the DNA of this country that basically says we're okay with this. No, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Again, I probably pissed some people off, but, you know, it's – if, 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 if we weren't okay with it, we would do something about it, but we've done bupkis.
0: And, and it's, it keeps happening. It's terrible. Just, I'm, uh, just... I'm sick of the,
1: yeah, I'm sick of the excuses. I'm sick of, uh, it's just, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't want to hear thoughts and prayers anymore.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I don't, don't want to hear them. I'm right there with you, Mason. One of the things that's just so. So, ma- ma- makes it really hit close to home is when you see people, the, these family members, um, on Twitter just in the past couple of hours since uh, the Boulder police released the names, and you see family members saying goodbye to to their loved ones. It, uh, it these aren't just numbers, and um, I'm I'm right there with you. And I think Mace is too. Love Thunder Down Under. Um, we, we need to something needs to change. Change, not just the same conversation
1: yeah exactly but will it I have my after after the last decade plus I have my doubts I'm I don't I don't have a lot of faith in this country in general to make any changes yeah I've lost I've lost the faith yeah sorry kind of a downer but
0: you that's know. no, it's how it's how we're feeling this uh it's uh it's- there's no easy way to talk yeah. about it, Mason, because yeah. it's not an easy subject It's because it's a terrible thing.
1: It just feels like it's all futile because it just, it happens over and over and over again. I mean, literally, the only thing that brought it to a pause for a moment was a pandemic that kept people in their houses. Right. And now people are coming out, you know, we're you know, we're, you know, vaccines are going into arms. It's you know, we're taking those steps back into normalcy. And in this country, a step back in normalcy is it another mass shooting. And another mat, t- you know, two shootings in it, two shootings where eight plus people die in a week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people that didn't have to die.
0: Yeah, people, some people who are getting their vaccines yesterday at that King Supers. Yeah, on top of everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Sorry, Zach. Sorry. No, no, Sorry. Mace. It's it's uh it's a it's a tough time, and uh, I think it's important we talk about it. Next one coming in from Pig Tosser 66. No go on Darnold for Pig Tosser. No way you can give up at least a second round pick for a guy that needs football rehab, but is going into his fourth year of his rookie deal. As soon as you get him, you'd have to decide on his fifth year option. And you can't pick that up without seeing him play on your team, right? hard pass for me. My ideal situation is Marcus Mariota on a two-year deal with Lance and Fields drafted this year, all athletically similar and Mariota could start year one and either be the backup year two or start the season as the starter. Again, if Fields or Lance needs a bit longer to cook. If Mariota doesn't shake free from Vegas, having Locke in a top 10 quarterback in the draft this year could also work though. I'd assume Locke could hold off the rookie at least through camp. And then if Locke balls out, he keeps playing and if the team keeps winning, then he keeps playing at the end of the year. You have a good problem. You have a top 10 first round QB that just got to sit and learn for a year. So his value should remain at the same at minimum. I bet it actually is higher in 2022 because fields and Lance are probably right there with Sam Howell ahead of the rest of the 2022 QBs. And you have drew lock would have just had a good year and looks like a good starting quarterback in the league, which would also put his value very high. And if Locke faltered during the year, they Then you have a top 10 quarterback already on the roster to step in instead of having to go through the same crap as we always do. I'm not hating this at all. Quarterback is the most important position in all of sports until you are 100% sure that you have the guy, you cannot spend enough resources on it. I agree with this hundred percent pig tosser. And, and that's why. I never thought it was an ideal scenario to keep lock uh, and draft a top 10 quarterback. But now just way the, with the way the quarterback market has played out, I'm perfectly okay with that. And a quarterback in the first round this year, Mace cost you one draft pick cost you number nine, overall quarterback next year could cost you two or three picks in order to move up to get a guy you like.
1: Or even it costs you one guy and a player or one guy and uh, a round pick. Right. If you move move up a little bit. And that's something that I think you have to think about, where you expect to pick next year and what that market looks like. Um, And like I said earlier, if if Drew Locke develops, you trade the surplus. Simple as that. And it's not
0: a bad place to be.
1: I mean, the 1989 Cowboys had Troy Aikman and then used a supplemental first-round pick on Steve Walsh. And when Aikman proved to be the guy... They turn around and traded Walsh for a one, a two and a three.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go.
1: Things. Yeah. That and you see that and a young quarterback has value unless he's bombed. And uh, it wouldn't be trading a guy who'd bombed he'd be saying, okay, we're trading a guy because Drew Lock absolutely balled out and proved he was the guy.
0: Mace, we talk about how George Payton uh, likes to accumulate picks. He said it, he's proved it in the past, and we talk about how trading back could be a great way for him to accumulate picks. Couldn't just taking a quarterback this year be a great way to accumulate picks because either Drew Locke balls out and then you're able to trade this quarterback in the future for potentially even more than you used in order to get him this year. You trade him for a first, second, and a third next year. Or you trade Drew Locke for a first, second, and a third next year. So one, that's pick accumulation. But two, you view it as what you don't have to give up in pick accumulation next year. So you just spend one first round pick on getting a guy this year, as opposed to next year, having to give up anywhere from two to four picks and whether those are first round picks or not in order to go up and get your guy, you're saving having to give up a lot of picks
1: or the other thing, let's say you decide you have to give up a first round pick next year to move up to make sure you get one of those guys. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But are you thinking, okay, that first round pick is going to be pick 21,
0: right? You do that, yeah.
1: It makes sense,
0: yeah. It does.
1: If you're still coming out on uh, on the positive end, capital wise, compared to what you might have to do next year to move up,
2: right? So
0: it's a good point.
1: Yeah. So it just these are these are things to these are things to think about. True champ fan 24, crazy how getting a GM and knows what the hell he's doing can change the people of this team. So glad Elway stepped away. Also, and that's stepped in quotation marks. Also, ultimate team guy Najee Harris driving 10 hours to cheer on his teammates at his pro day at their pro day. Sign me up. I love that. Yeah, that, me too. That is so freaking cool. You know, we get into the character discussion about guys, and I know Najee Harris means you wouldn't be getting a quarterback. So, I still, like I said, I still expect the Broncos would all of a sudden and done trade down. The character thing, we talk about Micah Parsons' character issues, and then you have Najee Harris going out of his way to support his team. Yeah. Najee Harris, by all accounts, is a positive character guy.
0: Yeah, exactly. And for for those of you that didn't hear the story, Najee was in Dallas last night, and for there there were lightning storms that canceled his flight that was supposed to bring him back to tuscaloosa late last night to be there for for his pro day which he wasn't actually working out at it was just so he could support his teammates well his flight was canceled he wasn't going to be able to make it back in time by getting a flight this morning so he drives 10 hours in order to get there by this morning's pro day to be there for his teammates that is a class act right there that's a guy you want in your locker room
1: 100 100 the danimal emergency comment hope I got this one in under the wire with cable Farley getting back surgery. What are the chances that he slips to around two? just imagine if we stay out at nine and Mac Jones is just sitting there for the taking then come around to as Farley and Farley is still on the board. I'll let Mace go get a fire extinguisher to save Zach who likely just burst into flames of happiness, <laughs> thinking about that Danimal. That is something. And it's funny. We talk about a Trey Lance being a guy that you may not want to play in year one. If, Caleb Farley dropped around, two because of this uh, microdiscectomy disce- that he's going to have here. You'd be saying, OK, Caleb Farley may not be available this year but doesn't that dovetail nicely with the expiring contracts of Kyle Fuller and Bryce Callahan after this year?
0: Beautifully. It, it's perfect. Mace Mace. I think Ryan would have to get the fire extinguisher because I think you and me may burst into flames. If this happens, you, you, you're a big Caleb Farley guy, understandably. Uh, so I am. Uh, this would be tremendous. So, I mean, I, when I saw the news about the back surgery, I didn't think that that would hurt his draft stock that much. Is that something that people are talking about potentially could happen?
1: Uh, potentially just because, um, anytime you're talking about, uh, you're talking about back surgery like this. Yeah. It's something, uh, that's going to, uh, raise some eyebrows a little bit, even, you know, even, and especially if, uh, sometimes he can be back quickly, he's missing the pro day, but sometimes you can have some complications and it could be, uh, uh, something that ends up being protracted. So I, mean, we're, we're, I don't want to sit there and say for sure he's going to miss this year. I mean, we don't know uh, just yet. They're expecting he'll be cleared for full activities by the of training camp. But when you talk about what he's going to have, it's taking a damaged portion, according to the Mayo Clinic, taking a damaged portion uh, of a herniated disc in the patient's spine out. Because he's dealing, because the patient is dealing with pain radiating down the arms or legs. Now it's a small cut. Uh, when you get a microdiscectomy, you got a camera going in there. It's taking it out. It's helping you take it out. But still, it's something where you might uh, have pause. This might make J. C. Horn cornerback two in this draft. It might make Greg Newsom cornerback two and J. C. Horn cornerback three.
0: Yeah. Wow. Uh, That, that would be something, man. If, if he falls there, obviously it all depends on medical, but if some, if he falls and your medical team checks out, maybe he, maybe he falls because he does have to miss this year for precautionary reasons, Mace, I would do it. And like you said, holy cow, that fills in very nicely for those two expiring contracts at corner. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mace, last one coming in here from Wildcard. What's up, fellas? With Phil gone and the two cornerback signings, how likely is it that we take my guy, Najee Harris, at nine? Would you rather draft Najee at nine or another project quarterback like Lancer Jones? Personally, I would rather stay away from another project guy and go with BPA at nine or trade back. As always, thanks, your boy, Wildcard. Well, Jones isn't really
1: a project. I think the thing on him is he's. Maybe he got a lower ceiling, but uh, his floor is that he's at least a, a decent starter. You can read defense as well, does things well pre-snap, and can be stable. Um, the thing is, I think Najee Harris is very good, but when you're talking about best player available, you're also talking about the about the value of the pick. I just, I, I don't think you go running back at nine. Right now, I think if you're going to go running back, you look to trade down because you start looking at the other running backs that are there, and there's a lot to be excited about with Najee Harris. But there are good running backs as you get in round two as well. Yeah, and I, I just I don't like running back at nine. I think trade down running back is very well in play, uh, but nine just seems like a bit too high.
0: If you can trade back and get a first round pick because you traded back so far then grab a running back. And I'm I'm all on board for grabbing Najee, but mm-hmm. you're not doing that at nine. And if it comes down to Najee or Trey Lance or Mac Jones, you go the quarterback. And I, and I love Najee Harris. I think he's going to be a great player and a, and a great person. And I love him on the Broncos, but it, no, you, you get the quarterback, uh, especially if you're the Broncos. But good question there. And man, I just loved all of our questions today, may Some great Broncos ones, uh, some great heartfelt ones. And we just really appreciate... All of you rolling with us today. And something else we appreciate is our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. They try to build their practice as really family oriented with great service. And that's exactly what they do. Our director of sales, Lindsay and Allie, had their wisdom teeth removed. And the dentist personally called them a couple of days later to check up on them. That is the family care that they provide over at Green Mountain Dental. And a lot of you have switched over to Green Mountain Dental and let us know that your experience has been the exact same with that family type atmosphere. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam over at Green Mountain Dental, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. So that's all you have to do. Take care of your teeth for them to hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. So make sure you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Well, Mace, that'll do it for today. Thank you all so much for rolling with us. It really, really means a lot. Uh, and uh, this this is a place where we can talk football, we can talk life, uh, and we really appreciate all of the support that you guys give us. Mace, I'm very, very happy to be joined with you today. And thank you all so much uh, for your kind thoughts, comments, uh, and support. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Be, be safe, everyone.